Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. You can find me on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. Spelling G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y. Enjoy the show. On episode 13 of the Galen Trombley Show, we have Paul D. Dominicus. I met Paul a few years ago through CrossFit, and as you may uh, have guessed, the conversation went towards CrossFit and our love of programming. We also touched a little bit about how he got up to the area, um, his current job, a few few other little things we went into, and his love for heavy metal music. So I hope you enjoy episode 13 of the Galen Trombley Show. Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. Welcome to episode 13 of the Galen Trombley Show. Today I have a good friend of mine. His name is Paul D. Dominicus. Um, he is a local guy. I've only met him the last few years and really have met him through CrossFit. And he's going to be a good guest. He's kind of a good spinoff of our last guest with uh, Scott Brightwell in the sense that there's a lot to know about Paul that I probably don't know. So this <laughs> will be a good, a fun time. So Paul, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Um, so when I originally had plan this all out of people who I wanted on the podcast. Your name came up in, this, in just my brain, that one on a sheet of paper, because I was thinking, like, who, who's, who do I like talking to about different things? Excellent. And uh, so you were on, and then, you know, we've been trying to coordinate this, so now today's the day. Um, and what was funny was when I talked to Scott last episode, I said, Scott, who should be on the podcast? And first name he said was Paul. So yeah, said, well, disclaimer, Scott and I have been friends for a while, so. Well, so there's a little <laughs> bias, but, 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 but Scott did have... Ha, he was legitimate in saying that. So, and I said, well, to, you know, he's going to be gone soon. So and we're going to be doing a joint podcast um, in the future, which will be fun. So, Paul, for people that do not know you, can you give us a little bit of background into who Paul – I'm just going to call you Paul D., but Paul D. Dominicus is. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. You pronounced the last name very well, so I appreciate that. What is that? What's uh, the origin? Uh, Italian. Italian. Yes. So we've got two Italians in a row, so yeah, a lot well, of hand movement coming I, up. Yeah, oh, it's very <laughs> difficult not to, so I try and you know, uh, keep it under control. But um, I actually – before I get into the background, I, I did one of those uh, DNA tests. So it's like, uh, you know, DNA, and, uh, the other one, though. Um, Ancestry. Ancestry yep. Yes. And sure enough, it came back like, you know, 89% Italian and the rest was... 13% meatball. The, the, the rest was like Greek, maybe. So, oh, there you go. You know, so anyway, I've got it proven. Uh, <laughs> um, so my background, um, I was born uh, downstate in Queens. Uh, grew up on Long Island um, until I was a teenager. Uh, then my family moved up to Plattsburgh, so I went to Peru High School. Um, and that was a bit of a culture shock coming from Long Island to, to Plattsburgh, but I survived and stayed. Um, went to Plattsburgh State, and my uh, undergraduate work uh, was English literature and philosophy. Uh, so that's, I love to talk about those kinds of things. That's kind of Scott and I hit it off, uh, you know, when we, our initial conversations when we met were uh, through work. Um, I knew his wife, Gina, uh, and then one day we were like, you know, you'd probably get along with my husband, Scott, and I uh, met him at the Oval and he was carrying sandbags up and down the, the Oval. I was like, all right, we'll be fine. Anyway, um, so uh, then I met my wife in college and she's from the area you know, stayed here. Um, I've done a lot of different things as far as career. When I graduated um, from my undergraduate degree, I was going to teach high school English, uh, and that changed. I never actually 
got there. Um, but I thought that's what I wanted to do and um, did a couple of different things. I worked at, as a uh, manager with the Borders Bookstore when that was around. I did logistics and training. And then from there, I got into uh, workforce development, um, did grant writing, uh, and now I work for AES Northeast, uh, which is an engineering company. Uh, we have an office downtown and one over um, in Cliffhaven. And so what I do for them is what I've done for a long time now, uh, which was a, a job I really didn't know existed until I started doing it, which was, you know, sort of grant writing and funding and program development and that kind of stuff. I worked at Clinton Community College doing that. I worked for the city of Plattsburgh doing that. And now I work for AES and we do that for municipalities all over the, the North Country. So interesting stuff you know you never know where you're gonna end up i guess is the moral yeah. of that story <laughs> yeah so what what uh so what, do, what does grant writing involve like what are you i'm assuming grant writing in this to pitch for money for the area or yeah for yeah for projects depending on what it is um you know for the college i did a lot of workforce training programs so the building the institute of advanced manufacturing that kind of big project where we did you know we essentially brought everyone together and wrote the plan and submitted it to the state and then you know if they like what you have to say and they think you can pull it off they they give you money to do so uh, so I did a lot of program kind of development with the college uh, with the city it was more economic development so the downtown revitalization money that's you know there's a lot of different projects and things going on for that um, but other other projects as well um, and that was a, a bit more of on the economic side of things than the, the training side of things. And now with AES, it's much more infrastructure related. So water plants and sewer plants and those kinds of things to make sure that they're getting upgraded and, and whatnot. But yeah, essentially that's what it is. You've, you find the, the project, you plan for it, you find the money, you write the story, and you hope they give you money. So the uh, English literature background works kind of hand in hand with this a little bit gives you a little background so i'm assuming you're a decent writer I, I, yes I, 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 I am okay. I, I i am i've been pretty successful on the grant side of things so okay, uh, you know the the english degree has paid off yes i mean when when i when i remember when i was going and studying english literature and philosophy someone was like well what the hell are you going to do with that yeah. and i was like yeah pretty much whatever i want and that has been true so far it's, it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like scott with his fine arts degree I'm yeah like, what, what have you actually done yeah. he goes well you know it's, uh, it, it, work, it, it works good, out in the end experience. Yeah. yeah you learn to think about all kinds of things and i find that that is a lesson that uh goes a long way well i i um we had talked in uh and i'm sure scott will come up a bunch but we talked with scott about he was big into philosophy we kind of talked about a couple things that you and him are doing in regards to philosophy crossfit thing which yeah i don't know yeah, if we, yeah. maybe we can get on that with Wait, with scott at the time yeah well i mean I certainly i think the thing that uh i have found so i was never an athlete by any means okay so my Interest, it was always, you know, I was big into music. In high school, I played in a band. Um, you know, I've always liked music. Uh, my first love was heavy metal and punk rock, but have since uh, expanded that to include all kinds of things. There's just something about music that connects with me, and it really doesn't matter. Like, I've seen James Taylor, and I've seen Metallica, and I've seen Arch Enemy, and I've seen, you know, I'd like, I'll just go because it's, it's an interesting... It's live. Yeah, it's live, and it's music, and I think you should experience that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um... But, you know, so once uh, my wife, Willow, started, uh, she decided one day that she was going to run. And so, like, she started running, and neither of us were necessarily athletes before that. And so she would run, and she ran a mile, and then she ran two miles, and then she started on a 5K. And then I got to thinking to myself, well, crap, if she's going to start to get healthy, like, I can't be the guy that sits on the couch while... 
you know, my yeah. wife is like out there and doing and getting showing you up. Yeah. Right. And so then we, so, so we started as runners and, um, I really didn't know a lot about it. You know, you figure you'd lace up your shoes. How hard could this be? And you just sort of run, uh, well, you know, I've learned since that there are some techniques that you can use to make yourself a more efficient runner and better runner. Um, learned about pose running, which is a, you know, shorten my stride quite a bit. I'm six feet tall. So I used to think like I used to stretch and heel strike something fierce and I couldn't figure out why my legs hurt from my calves to my hips. And then, you know, you learn to run on the balls of your feet, right? So you shorten your stride and I keep my feet underneath my shoulders and you just sort of all the way down. And it's the angle that you tilt more so than torso the, tilt, the torso tilt okay. more so than the stride, the length of your stride. And I got a lot faster shaved minutes off of my so, my time so what's the premise because i've heard this plenty of times uh but what's the premise of is it p-o-s-e right pose, i think so yeah pose, pose running, running. Yeah. so what's the premise of this because i've never actually looked i'm not a huge runner it's not my it's not my forte it's not yeah, I, yeah. I, ran, I ran enough in high school for soccer but um for me and for people that don't know like i guess like you said balls of your feet torso lean down yeah, it's really it's to keep everything so you're not um, you're not overextending yourself and you're not driving force through your heel. Uh, so it looks uh, a little bit funny, I guess, when you first start to run because I really have long legs and a short stride. Um, but you keep your everything sort of stacked over your shoulders, and as you lean forward, that gives you the momentum. So you want to run a little faster, you tilt the torso forward, and you start to, you know, you kind of follow that way. And if you want to slow down, you, you back yourself up a little bit. And it took a lot of the pressure off of what was giving me problems when I ran. So I took to that kind of running. Not everybody does, but it, it worked for me. Um, so she and I started running, and running was amazing. Like, you just, you, that runner's high. Sometimes it's really difficult. We trained for the Burlington Marathon. We, we ran that, you know, we did... Um, half marathons, 5Ks, half marathons, we ran the Burlington Marathon, and it was, it was a lot of fun. And then we discovered CrossFit. And that was interesting because having ran for a couple of years, I was a runner for a couple of years probably before we discovered CrossFit, I thought to myself, well, how tough could this be? I mean, I'm in pretty good shape. I ran a marathon, for God's sakes. Like, you know, and so I kind of walked in and not really knowing... Well, first it took me like six months to get up the courage to go because I heard a lot of horror stories about CrossFit. And then, okay, so then we end up in the gym and, you know, I was like, okay, I can probably do this. I'm a pretty fit guy. And it like just kicked my butt. Just forget it. Like I was sore for weeks and weeks and weeks after that first couple of, you know, those first couple of months that we were in it. But then you start to get strong, right? And so it's, it's an interesting change in perspective. But what I think ultimately... Um, the philosophy, my philosophy background and CrossFit kind of merged well. So Scott and I over the years um, have talked a lot about philosophy and just how you live your life and what you do. And a lot of that philosophy drives what I think proper programming should be. Because for me, I have um, always had a hard time with things like yoga or meditation or because I do though for the most part, I'm a pretty chill kind of guy. Like I don't, I'm not loud. I'm not a you know, mm -hmm. I, yeah. but I don't have, I don't find sitting still and lotus position being comfortable for me. I've never been able to meditate. I just don't like to do that. I like loud. I like noise. That's where I find my, I don't know, my inner peace or whatever. And so the marriage of philosophy and fitness, and in my case, CrossFit has been really interesting because I find that moment of Zen in the CrossFit gym where it's loud and, and I find it there because I think CrossFit in general, weightlifting, I guess, but CrossFit for me in general makes you focus on now. 
Like if mm-hmm. you are not addressing what is right in front of you right now, you'll miss your lift. You'll get hurt. You'll get, there's an, any number of things that can go wrong if you're not present in the moment. And I think that's what you're supposed, like, that's what meditation is. It's to be present in the moment. And so that's, you know, long story about how sort of taking running and the idea that, you know, my wife was going to now be so much stronger and fitter than I was and then CrossFit and philosophy. And so Scott and I are trying to marry those two things together for, you know, sort of like, hey, like we've got this really interesting idea of what do you, what do, you do when you take um, different philosophies and apply them to programming and then to take that programming and how does that translate to real life? Because CrossFit now is a, is a, a way to learn to push through things that are uncomfortable just like there's a parallel in real life when you're doing something you don't really want to do and how do you still do it, you know? So I don't know. We'll see where it goes from there, but that's the the gist of how we got there. Yeah, no, I think there's there's a lot of merit to that. And I kind of what you said, the the piece amongst the chaos and, and some workouts where if people have never done CrossFit, you know, I, you may not be able to, uh, to relate to this, but if you ever have done it, you know what I'm talking about when you're in the middle of either a long kind of grueling workout or even like a short one that like, it's like a friend that like just sucks the life out of you. There's always moments of like clarity and peace and kind of like the, the idea that you have to focus on. We talked about the next rep, meaning, you know, if you're doing a snatch or even a pull up or, or something, if you're not focusing on the, the efficiency mechanical aspect of the movement also, uh, you're going to either hurt yourself, um, move ineffectively in the sense that you're going to, uh, waste, you know, waste energy that otherwise you yeah, probably sure. want to hold on to later in the workout. <laughs> um, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of just like, you know, and, and anybody that's done it, I'm sure everybody's played little mind games with themselves about oh, yeah. how to count, how to break, how to, how to rest, things like that. And, and, a, and a lot of it, it, it forces you one to focus at what you're doing. But I find too, we talked, or you talked about going, relating it to life in the sense that I've gotten much better at a lot of stuff in my life because I find that I just take the mindset of when I go into a workout that might be difficult or uncomfortable and I put it towards whatever I'm doing and that could be yard work, that could be doing my, you know, just whatever I'm doing at work for my job. But the, the idea that, you know, you're just kind of one thing at a time, just slowly moving forward, knowing that every effort is getting you one step closer to the finish yeah whether the finish be a minute away or two hours away yeah you know you can get that's it that's it and i think you know the other thing is is the idea that there's the rep in front of you is the one that matters right because you can look at a board and it says 50 whatever 50 wall balls 50 whatever and you can sit there and say oh my god i can't believe i gotta do 50 but you don't you have to do one because you're not going to get to 50 if you don't do one and if you don't do the second one and the third one. So it really, you know, learns to be present in the sense of, you know, do the thing that's in front of you and then do the next thing and the next thing. And eventually you get there. Um, Willow and I, we've got two kids, teenager and a nine-year-old going to be 10 in this summer. Um, it's a good lesson for them to learn, you know, try and like they, of course, they don't want to do CrossFit because their parents do. So, yeah. you know, we get that. Yeah. But, um, you know, they do whatever they like to do. My son does karate and, you know, um, our daughter, teenager, she does drama club and she's done karate and they, they've tried to cross country too. Uh, she did cross country for a little while. Yeah. She doesn't anymore. Um, but it's just that idea of really enjoying the thing that you're doing. Don't worry about, you know, the next thing. Oh, I wonder what the play is going to be next year or I wonder what because you're still 
here and yeah. doing this thing. And it's fun to wonder about those things, but really learning to be present is a skill I think that's very important. And I'm hoping, you know, whatever they're listening, whenever they're listening, that they're, <laughs> that they're getting, getting something like that from me because I think that's important. You know, otherwise you kind of wish things away and you, you're not enjoying the thing that's, uh, that's there. So taking that idea into the program um, we have a garage gym that some of our friends work out in and, you know, I've been doing the programming for that. Um, and that's what I try and do. You know, we try and take an idea and turn it into the stimulus to, 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 to you know, to like your birthday workout. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a whole different thing. We've done birthday workouts and, and Saturday we have the regular program, right? Which is like, which follows the tenets of what a real, you know, what a program should be as far as stimulus and short and long and middle. And then we have Saturday and Saturday exists outside of the realm of what should be possible. Same thing with birthday workouts. We always find a significance of whether it's the year or whatever. And we like to just see how long and how miserable and how, you know, whatever needs to happen. And yeah, the birthday workouts can be, can be tough. Yeah, I saw yours, and uh, <laughs> we won't we won't get into it here. But that was uh, it was, uh, yeah, it, kind of, it made my head. It was in a in a good way. It made my head spin, and my I think my body hurt, and I didn't even do it. So yeah, two days later, my legs are. What was when I sent right when now. I sent it to you? I was like, that's good. You did all that, and then you did twelve point one. So yeah. it's like that's that's a good uh, a good thing. But um, so we'll we'll, we'll talk about it because. Now, now is the now is the time as we're approaching. Is it a week? When's the open? Twenty twenty something. One more. Not this week, but next, right? A week from Thursday. I think so. Um, so every year there's CrossFit Open. Um, Google it. We won't get get into all of it, but it, it's anybody that knows what I'm talking about. It starts in a week, uh, basically to find uh, roughly a week, a week and a half to find the the first step into finding the fittest person on earth, um, which. Anybody listening? There's nobody around here that's even close. So if you ask anybody that's competing in CrossFit, we're just we're like we're like the uh, the, the uh, flag football people. You know what I mean? That's why I always relate it because we were like, oh man, I don't want to go to CrossFit. They're all like that guy on TV. I'm like, no, 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 no. We're the we're, we're the amateurs playing a sport on the weekend, not the NFL guys right, playing. So right, yes. So, but that if that gives anybody any 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 comfort going to a CrossFit gym, just go. Everybody looks just like you, so you're totally fine. But the Open's coming up. This year is the new season. Yep. I've been wanting to talk to you about this because I've I, I've looked at it briefly and I've really distanced myself. I think from the 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 game season since the last games, I just haven't really followed a lot of it. Uh, but they've changed stuff up quite dramatically this year from what they've done probably over the last what, 10 years, 10, 12 years since yeah, o- yeah since, since it's yeah. probably their biggest change since 2011 when right. they had the Open Regional. Yes. Um. So. I don't know. What are your initial thoughts? I'll, I'll tell you mine. But what is your initial thoughts on the game season as a from now until August? Uh, well, I've got you know mixed feelings. So I have I have two two parallel things that now operate in my brain. There's CrossFit for fitness, and I believe in that very much. That you know that that regular people go into the gym and they compete, they compete locally, whatever, but you don't even have to compete. You know, I I believe that CrossFit as a method of getting healthy is as valid as any kind of exercise program, right? I think I really like it. And then there's the professional side, right? Which is where we're at now and what the open really leads to. I mean, in one sense, it's a way to 
measure yourself against other people like you because thousands of people. I mean, how many people did the Open last year? I bet you this year will be half a mil. Yeah, it's, over, it's ridiculous, yeah. right? I mean, it, yeah. it's all over the world. Um, but the way that they have structured the process this time, I'm, I'm having a really hard time with it. And, and I'm not 100%, not that I'm an expert on this, but just as sort of like a regular guy who does CrossFit and is interested in that kind of thing. I just, I don't think it, it, I think it takes away some of the legitimacy, for lack of a better word. I don't think that's quite the right word to use. Um, of how you get to the games. Um, whereas before, everyone around the world was competing against everyone around the world with the same tests. You now have these uh, sponsored, what are they called? Sanctionals. Sanctioned events. Yep. Sanctioned events. Sanctionals taking the place of regionals mm -hmm. where you have to compete and place first in one of these um, events that are sanctioned before you do the Open or at some point before the games, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, and I think by taking the control away from it'd be like it would be like the NFL or another sport allowing anyone any home team to make up the rules, mm -hmm. and then at the end of the day somehow two teams make it to the Super Bowl and they play each other because right now these sanctioned events are governed by whatever organization puts them on as long as they do whatever they need to do to sanction the event. And I'm not 100 percent sure what that entails. I didn't look into that. But so one event could be very endurance focused and one event could be very strength focused and one event could be like a whatever, like a Tough Mudder or anything. So when you are an athlete, I guess you're not being tested the same way. I could do very well in endurance. I'm not as strong as I am fast. I'm not as strong, like me personally, I'm not as strong as I am able to continue like moderate weight for long periods of time. I'm fine with that. Mm -hmm. But if the barbell gets too heavy, I'm not going to pick it up. So if you put me in a competition that's based on strength and it's a sectional, sanctional, sanctioned event, uh, I'm not going to place well. But then two weeks or three weeks down the line, if you put me in an event where it's endurance-based and the weights are very manageable for me, I may win it. Mm -hmm. Does that mean that I'm equally able to challenge for the fittest on earth. And I haven't seen it play out enough. We're in the middle of it. Um, but my initial reaction is as I just don't like kind of the direction that that's going, it seems too arbitrary for me. Whereas before it was a very um, distinct path and everyone was being tested the same. I don't think everyone's necessarily being tested the same way. And so that's my, that's my initial. I think as a fitness thing for regular folk, it's great. Um, but I think as a, as a sport, I, I'm not a hundred percent that I like where it went or where it's going. Yeah. When, when I, uh, so the two are a hundred percent. So you have fitness and you have just health or, or I should say find, finding the fittest or just doing CrossFit for health. I, in the last probably year and a half since having a child, I've gone from like being more active at the gym to, you know, kind of like really trying to improve my times, weights, whatever. To now, honestly, I'm just trying to go like, if I can, three days a week, which I don't yeah. even know if I get that. Um, I think I went, I'm averaging about one or two times a week over the last like two months, so it's not good. But the but I've really looked at it as to me, I just go in, I care less what my scores are, I care less what my time is, I just go in and like, if I can just check on the box that I showed up for the day and actually like broke, got my heart rate up a little bit and did some kind of uh, resistance training, to me it's like a win. It's like, a win, yeah, for sure. Last one in the class, it's a win. I don't care, I was there. But... um the open or the uh, the season, the, I really thought the season with the open, the regionals, and the games was laid out perfectly. There's three right. levels. 
each level took the the correct amount of people out of the running. Meaning yep. the open took all the Joe Schmoes, armchair quarterbacks, anybody like me and you and people well beyond our level out of it. And then you had the regionals, which those people are freaks. But at the end of the day, they really found the elite of that group, which is, is pretty, you know, and, and even the fourth and fifth people or third and fourth, fifth that, that qualified really weren't going to do anything at the games. You're always really finding the who are the one and two at winning each regional because you know they're going to be the ones competing for the games. Right. And then the games, I don't think anybody can argue that every year finds the fittest person, especially um, the last few years. I mean, to me, Tia and Matt are just on another level at this point. Agreed. Um, yeah, for sure. And and what was funny was, you know, going back to the sanctional, the reason they're doing it, from my understanding, is they lose money doing it. They don't make money on the game oh, on season. The, on the games. The regionals were very expensive. They're very expensive because you're talking about running, what, seven or eight sanctioned events in the sense that they're, they're renting out arenas, they're renting out event staff, they're renting out... Um, shipping equipment yeah i mean there's a lot of things that are going on that cost them a lot of money and then you get to the games which i don't think the games cost as much because it's one location obviously it's expensive it's a long week but when you're talking about running eight mini right barely i mean three day events at, at venues that cost a lot of money just to host the venues it's not like back in the day when we went to Canton and we're at Reebok in an outdoor arena, which by far was the best <laughs> regionals experience ever. Uh, it was like an outdoor, bar- or outdoor barbecue thing, but it just got to the point where you were like going in a ticket, you were going into an arena, you were watching three days of competition, and you know that's a long time to host an event. So, and I think what Greg wants to do is open it up to what CrossFit really is, which is a health and wellness, um, health and wellness uh, program. Not to find the fittest on earth, but to get the 99% of people away from chronic disease and into a position where they have longevity and things like that. The finding the fittest is for the, to me, the competitive athletes that are maybe out of college, out of sport, that are like geared towards competitive. And then just the fan who likes watching sports. Like I like, I like watching it just for the sense that. I just think they're freaks and it's fun to watch them. Like it's fun to watch. Like I like watching golf and football and baseball and things like that. Right. I I agree. But I think that's where they're making the mistake is that they're equating one with the other and they're not the same. Like they're not the same. It's like, it's like suddenly telling me that, you know, uh, amateur football uh, is no, is no take golf. Yeah. Or anything. Right. I mean, you can't, you have, you have, they have created two different things and they're, it seems as though they're sort of abandoning the sport in a sense in the sense that and and again i'm not necessarily using the right words they're not abandoning but they're not they were on track for like a real legitimate they were coming into their own as far as being a major sport a, a sport and and spectators and events and and maybe they could have expanded but they dismantled what they spent 10 years building and they didn't put it put something back to what end? So now they're so now they're not spending money on regionals. Okay, great. So so what now? You know, um, these uh, sanctioned events were events that stood on their own as big. You know, people went to those events. They, they were they were great standalone events that did that did well and that did well, and sort of pushed CrossFit along. Um, but again, the I think there it's it's. It's like trying to dismantle something that was really on a trajectory. I think, given a, give it a couple more, given a couple more years, um, the regionals would have started turning a profit because enough people were starting to show up to yeah. go to them. And every year and they got busier. They got busier and bigger. And um, you know, I think I think part of it is not real. 
it's, it's not, I never approached the open as though I was going to go to the games. And that wasn't the point. The point mm -hmm. was it challenged me in a way that I might not have been challenged before. Maybe I could do a pull up this year and I never could before because I wanted to. And it, and for me, it almost, it takes that away a little bit. And I, and I don't know, you know, I don't know that I, I'm not going to sign up necessarily for the open this year because uh, I don't see a, a purpose for it. And, you know, to be, to be clear, I'm also a master's athlete, right? So I'm over 40. It's a, it's a different kind of, uh, event it's almost the same this year as it is any other year for masters athletes what we're talking about is the open open division so um but even still i just i i, su I support crossfit as a fitness but i i dislike what they've done to the sport um what i was just kind of actually it hadn't occurred to me until we were just you were just talking but i wonder if at some point they would take the open because right now the top 20 in the open overall go to the games the top national champion from every country that has a sanctioned event which i don't know how they're going to logistically do that is going to the games so if you're crossfit jamaica you're going to go you have a person that could go to the games yes um crossfit whoever the top person in the u.s is matt fraser is going to go to the games you know on top whoever the females carrie pierce or something like that but like if they go to the games then how many the Scott Panchaks, the Noah Olsons, the Ben Smiths that are freaks that are probably, say they don't get, they get 21st, it, whatever it is, they're the last guy that can't go, but some guy from, you know, the Philippines is going, who is ranked 2,000th in the world is going to the games because right. nobody else, like, I could move to one of those probably lower countries and probably have a chance of being top three you know <laughs> right depending on right. population well, well i guess that's just it so the the athletes that can travel can go places where they may not have been able to get into the the games well, before so no it's based off of your um oh that yes so, so not, you can't just travel so the san the sanctioned events you can go to any sanctioned Correct. event yes. yes but you're talking about like the top in each country yes so yes. like the the uh the the katrin is in iceland yes she's not a u.s person or citizen so yes. that's another thing they're kind of throwing throwing out there like you can you can compete anywhere but so i was wondering if they have the open if why don't they take the open and take the top 200 in the open and do an online regional like they do with the Masters and teams. Yeah, that would have... Because you think that would add a lot of it. Like, I would watch that. Like, I think that'd be great to follow. All of a sudden, you get the top 200 that are doing regional-esque workouts. Maybe not exact because of, you know, they're not going to have certain um, apparatuses. But the test is going to be heavier and, and more skilled and, and yeah. different. And I think that would be kind of cool if they did maybe three weeks, weekends worth of that. You do two events one week do, or... Whatever it ends up being, two sure. events one weekend, two events another weekend, two events the following weekend, to kind of make like a regional type thing, or put hey you got to do four workouts over the weekend or over a three day period like regionals, so you have to do two a day for three days, log your scores, videotape them, and then submit them. You can do them in any order, or they 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 plan and say you have to do event one first on Friday, event two on Friday, and then event three, and then so on. And I don't know, would that be... That would make more sense because then again, you're testing everybody. This It's it's a balanced test. Yep. You know, that's again, you know, equated to something else. If you and I are taking, if you and I are uh, trying to rank each other, right? Where someone's like, okay, I want to see who's smarter, you know, GT or Paul. 
and you get a test, you, you get a math test, but, and you're strong in math, but I get an English test and I'm strong. Like, what did we actually test there? We didn't test the same thing. We, you can't tell me that you're smarter than I am in a sense, because you were tested on something that you're good at and I'm tested on something that I'm good at. And and separate from each and, other. And, and they're not the same subject. Yeah. And that's essentially what my issue is right now, is that if you look at who's winning some of the, the sanctioned events, um, you know, of course you have your, the, the people who would go to the games anyway. Matt and Tia. Right, because they're just really insanely good at all of the things that they're supposed to be good at. Um, but then you've got people who ranked poorly in one and, you know, are coming up on first or second place in another. And, you know, that swing in a short period of time can't be training because you don't have enough time to train. Well, you just said about the guy that won South Africa? I, th- South- I think so, yeah. South- yeah, I think yeah, that's South what it Africa? was. So, you know, I mean, there's just a really big swing in, in where where people can place. And if you're not testing the same thing, then everybody gets to the games. And, you know, again, like you, like you just said, you've got people who would not have otherwise gone are going just because of their proximity to other people. <laughs> Yeah, you know, by yeah. location. Like, how do they get to Dubai to go to the, like? I mean, or the South Africa one. Like, that's that's a pretty long trip to take to go do. Yeah, a two three day competition. Yep. So so I guess we'll see at the end of the day. I mean, I'm curious to see what the open brings. Uh, the open announcements used to be a lot of fun. Like right, so every week. Mm-hmm. There was a new announcement, and they had two of the top athletes, and generally two like regular folk. And that, are they doing that? They said there was live announcements, but they would have usually have already told us who the people were doing. That's by true. Now. I didn't even think about that. I I, I just assumed. Or that. or very soon. I mean, maybe I would think by t- again. I haven't been following it, but by today, tomorrow, I'm sure they're going to have some release saying, "Hey, next not this Thursday, but next Thursday, so and so and so and so are going against each other." Right. And so you know, that, that takes away from it. I think. Yeah. It's, so it's 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 different, and I I. You know, everything has to change, and I don't want to be somebody who's opposed to change just because it's different. But yeah. in this regard, I just don't feel that the change was, uh, from, from the sports perspective, I don't think that the change makes sense in my mind. It doesn't, it takes away from from what it was, from the spectacle and from the, from the you know, it's like, it's like again, what, why do you watch the Super Bowl? It's because mm-hmm. the top two teams who are so much better at what they do than anyone else in the world. Mm-hmm. That's why you watch it. Yeah, exactly. Right? I mean, and, and then that's why you want to, that's who you want to emulate. So as a sport now, you know, fine. I came to CrossFit much later in my life and um, I've been doing it now for five years. Okay. So maybe I caught it about halfway through the growth and it was just starting to really go crazy mm-hmm. when I started doing it. But now you have teenagers who have grown up with CrossFit. Yeah. So that that's like growing up with any sport that's been around for a long time. They're emulating the people at the top of the game. That's who they're chasing. That's who they want to be. And I don't know, like, is it the same anymore? Like, you know what I mean? It's, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I'm curious because the to me, the open, the benefit of the open is the community aspect. Like, mm-hmm. I like, there's there's a different feel to the gym for five weeks. Like, when, you, when you have the, you know, every Friday, everybody does the same. Now, granted, does everybody do the same workout every day? For the most part, but the difference is with the open is everybody is now forced to do the exact same workout, meaning... You're not scaling reps or weight, or you're saying, ah, I can't do pull-ups, so I'm going to do banded pull-ups, or I can't do toes-to-bar, so I'm going to do knee raises, or whatever. Whatever the scale would be, now it's like, okay, well, you don't have toes-to-bar, so guess what? You're going to tr- attempt toes-to-bar. Right. Whether you get one or not, or they look ugly, you're still going to attempt it. And that's one of the things where I get people, it's like, well, I don't want to use the, 
you know, for say a guy of 50 pound dumbbells and we use the 40. So I'm like, use the 50s. They're not much heavier. And you got to practice for the old, because you'll, you'll surprise yourself. Yes, it'll feel a little bit harder, but you'll break through that, that kind of plateau that you've hit because you've always been, you know, there's a lot of girls that say, I want to use the 30 dumbbells instead of the 35s. I'm like, for five pounds more, just use them. Because like, you're right. going <laughs> to, you're not, and I think a lot of it is like people, the stimulus of, or the, or the, uh, the stigma of it's a RX workout that the best people in our gym are doing, I'm not that good. Well, for five weeks, you can be, meaning you can do the same exact thing and you're encouraged to do the same exact thing because I think bigger breakthroughs happen in the open. I've seen people get their first muscle up every year that happens. First, people do their first pull-ups or first toes to bar, their PR lift. Um, there's just something cool about the open because you put more effort. I mean, my, I've, my all-time PR clean and jerk was in the open after it was 15, whatever, after the first piece and then you rested a minute and did like the rest of it or whatever that's that was. right yeah i so, remember that still haven't done it i haven't done it fresh i did it after 10 minutes of like killing myself on like 50 to- or not even that 100 toast to bar so um but the the open aspect i think is still in play from a community standpoint because none of us are going anyway so it's right. just more of it, it, the fun aspect but the difference is 2019 there's two opens I know, yeah. Because the, they're rechanging it supposedly to October. Yes. So if be, that's still going to be. A thing. That's what the last I knew, that's what it was. And so they're having this one because they changed it midstream. So so they're doing this. So this open seeds the people for the games, I guess, is the way it works. Like you still mm-hmm. have to compete in the open, even if you want a national because a sanctioned event because yeah the, there's there's a seating that occurs in in the open and then the one in october is actually going to be the open for the f- 2020. 2020 yeah and i think the hierarchy goes national champion open sanctioned event like if you win a sanctioned event that's like the lowest way to get into the games I, I, so I, yeah then you you know a little bit more about yeah, this than yeah, i do yeah so the uh like if you win so like take matt fraser wins dubai so he's going to the games no matter what. He's there, which yep. to me, it doesn't matter if he's in the first heat or the last heat because he's still going to win the thing. But so he <laughs> goes and uh, so say he wins the Open and is national champion. Well, he now goes as national champion for the U.S. His Open spot gets vacated. Now number 21 now comes into play. The one thing I have not heard yet is if you win a sanctional event, and then you win a second sanctional event. Yeah, they do. The same thing happens. Number two from the second win goes in your place. So you don't get two sanctioned event wins. Well, number two from the first event now goes. So Matt wins Dubai. Yep. Matt goes and does the rogue one and wins it, which, again, most likely will. He now goes as the rogue representative. The Dubai one goes to second place, which is Gugmanson. Yep. And But what I haven't heard yet is what happens if Matt goes and does a third one, which is very plausible because <laughs> sure. for him it's collecting paychecks. All right. So he goes and does that, wins it. Now the next one goes to the second place at Rogue. So what happens to Dubai? Do they not send anybody? No, I would imagine. I would think it would still be second, second, second. second. Yeah, I, I, I think that, that's. I think that that makes. But there's like little things like this they haven't put in there yet. I'm like, yeah. For most people, you're fine. But if you have somebody as as talented as Matt Fraser. There's got to be a some kind of thing put in just in case he goes and sweeps like five events because, yeah, history serves us right. He's never lost an event since 2013 regionals, That's and true. or no, I should say the 2014 games. Right. Yes, because so, he was second place, right? Or 15. 15. He was second, second, and then he just and then he just ran, ran the table. Mr. One now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, he's. It's crazy to watch him train and, you know, like him or not. I mean, he. 
And, and for those who don't know, he's from Colchester, Vermont. Yes. So you could probably right. throw a rock at his house from where we are, but he's a, he's a, a very talented individual. Um, but I don't know that that's that's my thought. I don't. I think I think it's also premature. But there's a lot of stuff I just don't understand about it. And usually I nerd out on this stuff. I really know everybody who's all know everything about it. I still don't know everything about it. Yeah, and I, and I agree. I mean, I've read a little bit. I try and keep up, and I read just enough to kind of be annoyed by it, yeah. and then stopped <laughs> and really just focused in again uh, on the 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 philosophy of the of CrossFit versus the sport of it. I, I got I've my tolerance for it has waned for on the on the sport side of it. My, I really still like it and find it very interesting on a, from a training standpoint. Yeah. I, the only thing I think about kind of like for the, the actual game season is Glassman to me I think is a genius. And I think Castro is a very smart guy. They know what they're – I don't know who's tying in or making the decisions, but I think they've – obviously they're doing it for the better – However, that may be, so we, I think we, time we can will hope. tell. We can yes. hope, yes. And I, and I guess I have to give it more than a couple of months for sure. But f- as of right now, I'm, as of right now, I'm, yeah. I'm slightly annoyed by what's going on. I'm the same. <laughs> I think me and Paul are in the exact same boat. The same feelings on pretty much all down the board. Um, the the uh, the one question that we've we've always had and we've talked about a lot is, which I think is probably your favorite part of CrossFit, and is very close to my favorite part is programming. I love, yeah, that's talk about nerding out on things. Nerding out. I love that. What's, what's your, we'll take this in bite size or bite sizeness or whatever. We're not going to just ask you, what do you think about programming? Just leave it there. But like, what what is your, there's, there's too much to talk about. What the, obviously programming means the, the way the workouts are written and, and, and programmed together for certain stimulus and, and certain effects and certain, whatever you want to call it. But what what is what is your favorite part about programming and i'll just let you i'll just open again oh, open man. the door for you so start where you want and then i it's that's hard that's a hard question so all right collect my thoughts i'm just going to kind of go a little random for a second and i promise eventually we'll end up somewhere all right uh so i think there well there's programming on a bunch of different levels when you look at it, right? So you've got the the big macro cycle that you can look at, right? So you want to talk about quarterly sort of cycles. You've got six-month cycles. You've got quarterly cycles. You've got monthly cycles. So you've got the big macro and then the micro pieces all through that. And I think one of the things that is really difficult to do but is the most fun is really to take a look at the year and what do you want to accomplish in that year? Like, okay, so for, for, for the most part up until this year, the Open is the big thing. And even if you're not going to the games, you're still looking at the Open as a test of how have, where, where was I in 16, where I am in 17, 17 to 18, 18 to 19. And so then you look at the year. Um, so from a programming standpoint, really taking a look at that, like, okay, what's the big cycle? How do we work on the, the domain, you know, endurance, strength, and gymnastics, right? Just for big categories of things. So I really like trying to figure out what that looks like. You know, take the model and say, all right, what do we need to work on? What are the strengths? What are the weaknesses? What do you need to maintain? How do you maintain? You know, you can't do all of those things all of the time to the best of your ability. So how do you work on strength while not losing endurance? And those big questions of, of how programming comes together. But I think the most fun 
of programming is the philosophy behind it. What is the guiding principle of your of for you? You know, and I every gym is different. I like to follow all kinds of programming, like just looking at what different coaches and, and gyms put out there, those that are willing to share. And many gyms do just kind of, you can go to their website, you can see what they're doing um, and try to, where they don't explain it. Some gyms are very good and you know, they give you this, what's the stimulus behind the workout for the day or for the week or for the month, or this is the cycle we're on. And some gyms just post their workout and you do it or you don't, and you kind of figure it out as you go. And so that programming philosophy is something that I think is really, really interesting to, to think about. And, and I think it guides, um, everything that you do and it affects, it touches on every aspect of, of how you, how you approach your program. So the, the philosophy behind it. Now, when I'm talking about philosophy, I, I have a love of philosophy. The idea of, I, I myself, um, find a balance between uh, Stoicism and uh, Zen Buddhism, right? I like those two philosophies. I think you put those two things together and you got a pretty solid grasp on the world. Um, so that philosophy colors how I think uh, an athlete should train because it's very much um, the only way out is through, right? So have that up on the board. And I will have a shout out one of my friends, uh, Stacy. Oh, yeah. Right? You know Stacy? Yep. Yep. Uh, she had a great moment uh, where we were talking about a, a particular workout, and she was like, you know, you have to uh, suffer as you see fit. And I thought that was a brilliant way to kind of couch the philosophy we were talking about there in the sense that you get out of it what you put into it. So if you want it to be a light walk in the park, you put, get a light barbell, and you sort of just coast mm -hmm. your way through. But if you want this to hurt... And I mean hurt in, in a good way. I don't mean yeah. like injury. Challenge yourself. Challenge yourself. Yep. Uh, you can make it hurt. You can, you can challenge yourself. And at the end of it, you'll be flat on your back and, and gasping for air. And, and so taking that philosophy, you know, I always like to name the cycles that we're going through. So I pull from all kinds of different, um, you know, inspirations. I'm a big fan of uh, Alice in Wonderland, right? <laughs> so, um, you know, we've, uh, we've done... You know, we've done the Wonderland cycle where you fall down the rabbit hole and all of the, you know, all of the training program really is based on kind of eliciting a response from the, whether it's a short or medium or a long time domain is that where you're questioning, like, what the hell am I here for? And like, how do I stop or should I stop? Or, you know, so we've done that. We've talked about what else, what other, I'm trying to think of some of the other sort of inspirations that, uh, that we've had, um, Oh, goodness. A, lo a lot of different things. A lot of different things. Um, uh, we, like Mad Max and Beyond Thunderdome. You know, we've, we've, looked at, <laughs> we've looked at that. And all of these are based around, you know, let's say eight weeks or six weeks or 12 weeks. And we take a, a weightlifting idea, weightlifting cycle. Now, my, I tend to borrow a lot from weightlifting other established weightlifting cycles. Mm -hmm. I think, um, you know, why break what's... I try and reinvent something or yeah, I know. agree, hundred percent. Um, but the the finesse is in the 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 metcons, the CrossFit workout, um, like the sexiness of the workouts and the metcons. Uh, yeah, and I, yeah. I love. I, and sometimes you just you just get it you just get it right, and sometimes you just and when when you get it right, and people are just like, what the hell? Uh, again, to talk to uh, Scott, mm -hmm. right? Well. Um, He's a little off when it comes to these things, okay? <laughs> so we have the Brightwell factor, 
which is always take whatever he says and multiply it by 0.65. Okay, so if, he, if he's like, yeah, it should take you like 10 minutes, understand that it's 10 minutes times 0.65 and that's the real time you're going to finish. Right. <laughs> one, or add one point. Uh, yeah, add yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Yes. You know what I mean? Like at the, at the, yeah. at the other way. Yeah. Uh, so when his birthday workout came through uh, and I spent a long time uh, trying to figure out the significance of this because, uh, you know, for Scott, it was it was wash away the sins of the year. Right. So whatever it was, he was turning 49. Right. So I gave away his age. I hope that's OK. Um, so we did, uh, we did the first half of the workout. The workout itself was a thousand reps. So an individual did a thousand repetitions mm -hmm. and the first set of reps, all the movements had 48 reps and you did them with a weight vest on. And at the, at the middle of the workout, you had a minute's rest. And so you, you worked through 48, right? He just, his year of 48. So you worked through it all with the weight vest on, you carried that weight with you at the middle of the workout during the rest, you shed the weight vest because now you're looking at 49 and it's a new year. So you don't, you're not <laughs> carrying anything with you. However, after, it, after every movement, we did 49 burpees. So we did like 400 burpees in between all of these movements. And uh -huh. then at the end, you got on the bike and you finished it off with 30 calories because we needed to get to that like thousand reps. So we did a thousand reps half with a weight vest, half not. We did 400 burpees. It was, in, it was in, or maybe not 400 burpees. Maybe it was 250 burpees. Pretty damn close though. It was a lot of burpees yeah. anyway. But the idea, the philosophy behind that was really looking at how do you celebrate somebody's birthday who's <laughs> done all of the things and, you know, believes in the, the sort of the shedding of the one year as you're moving to the next and like all of that stuff comes into it. So you start penciling it out. Like how do you elicit that response? And we tend to like those long workouts where, you know, again, we're sort of the endurance people. Like we're old and grumpy and like we've been, <laughs> we've been through these things and like, you know, so we suffer well. Um, so, you know, there's like those kinds of things, but then there's also those really short, fast ones that almost elicit a worse response. You know, you talked about Fran, which is a classic workout, but you take that really short sprint Four minutes. I mean, have you ever done a 500 meter row for time as fast as you can I, go? I have. I was right? on the ground. I was hurting. It's miserable. And bad, it's like a bad. minute and 20 seconds. It was bad. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, what was funny was I did it next to, uh, do, you, do you remember uh, Dave Passano? Mm -hmm. So I did it and I did sub, sub 130. I was like, I'm not a big dude. I was pumped. It was demoralizing knowing I was pulling that fast. And I looked over and he probably did it like a minute 19. And I was like, this sucks. I'm like, this sucks, Dave. We both, we both got off and I, don't, I think my legs were like, were built so much. Well, was it lactic acid? It built up so much just in like a minute 30 yeah. that you were just out for 10 times that long, just yeah. laying on the ground, rolling around. So, yep. so you know, so you find, you find the philosophy, you find the lesson that you're going to teach. You find the lesson that you're going to teach the body and the mind and you mold that into a workout and you really ask, you ask a lot of people and you're, you're, you know, again, you don't have to be a top level athlete to come in and do these kinds of things, you know, just coming in and you modify what you need to modify, but you can still elicit that same response. And I think that's what is so interesting, you know, um, uh, we've done workouts, you know, where you, they're part partner workout, part individual workout, and even those kinds of things. It's like you're kind of alone together, right? Mm -hmm. you, you're 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 going through and you're helping at first, and then you have to finish up on your own. And and understanding like that's very much like life. Like sometimes your friends are there to help, and sometimes you have to do it on your own. And sometimes you, you just kind of 
mesh all that together. And I'm a, also very hyper aware that when you program and do the workouts yourself, right? So I do the workouts that I program um, of being aware of what I don't like. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately for some Sneaks of the people, in. well, unfortunately for some of the people that work out with me, um, they have to suffer through double I hate burpees. We do them often. I hate thrusters. We do them often because I can't let my bias come in yeah. as much as like, I, I'm aware of what I don't like. And it would be very easy for me to say, well, I'm never going to have to do that because I'm controlling what we're doing. So, you know, it's, it's an interesting sort of self, uh, an introspective moment as you're programming for just in general. So I, yeah, I'm the same when it comes to, uh, at least programming weaknesses, I find that I put a lot in that I suck at. It just just in the sense that I, I know you're, you're always better when in doubt do a workout where there's something you're bad at in because you're going to grow more than if you have two wheelhouse, three wheelhouse movements or time domains or whatever. So like Saturday, I programmed one at the gym and ended up having a, it was a couplet with 150 push-ups in it. I'm terrible at push-ups. I've never been good at push-ups. Like it's, it's probably, if you had to pick like one of my bottom three movements i know push-ups push-ups sound very simple i just i struggle at them i always have um so i paired that with a 75 pound barbell snatches and you could just see it was a quick one that should have been quick going back and forth i just my fitness is nowhere near where it used to be or should be but uh i think but just simple things like that i think you had a program program in the the bad the stuff you're not good at like yeah. give me an assault bike give me wall balls give me box jumps give me push-ups i'm done yeah double unders done like, and it's and it's simple too it doesn't always have to be these super complex like crazy like sometimes very simple mm-hmm. i love it when you put something up on the board and the first response from people is that'll be easy and you're like yeah <laughs> you're <screwed."> sucker sucker <laughs> because I, some of the simplest things just just like you don't realize what you're in for and you get you trick your brain into thinking that something is going to be and then you come out of the gate super fast right so you redline in two minutes and and like it just well, that's the open every year there's a lot of open workouts you look at and you're like that's not that bad and then all of a sudden you start doing it and you're like oh my oh god my like the one year they had bar muscle ups and um snatches you're like yeah. really just three and that's easy and then i'm like no 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 you start doing it and you can't hold on to anything yeah you're, your you're, grip goes and um, I think one of the worst ones we ever did. I'm a big fan of just like straight up classic CrossFit couplets, triplets. Like I, I really, having gone through the L1s, the L2s, like I, I've, I've just really un, like, I just like the simplicity of it. So to me, there's nothing better than just a straight couplet or a triplet. And I, I remember one of the hardest ones we ever did. That was one where you looked at it, like that's not that bad, and then you did it was three rounds, thirty wall balls, thirty box jumps, and that was it. It was just. Very simple, straightforward. But I remember when I got done that, it was like it was one where like you went into the bathroom ready to puke because it it wasn't hard. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't it was a very simple concept workout, but trying to do it at a high rate, which allowed you to go relatively hard at that that time domain. People were finishing probably in six minutes, seven minutes, and you got to the point where like you were just your your stomach and legs were your legs were jello. Your stomach felt like it was ready to turn inside out. Um, yeah. Even even the uh, the throw the uh, thruster row from fifteen, which I think is maybe the hardest workout they've ever done in I, the open. I hate. I'll never do that again in my life. No, and I've I've seen the program <laughs> and I've done it twice in my life. The first one was for the open. I my legs. I remember going out to dinner after with uh, Gina, and my legs were under the table, like like pulsing, pulsating. Right. 
this was like an hour, hour and a half after I was done. And then I remember we reprogrammed it probably a year and a half later. Right. And I went at about 80% because I knew how bad it would hurt. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to kind of take this one off today, you know? And I, I did it, but it was like, it was not nearly, I was slower and, but I felt a lot better when I finished, which was fine. I, I, yeah. I, I took, I took the trade off that day for, for a slower time. Cause I, it was just one of those, you just, it scared, it, it scares you to go back to that place. So I was like, ah, I'm good. I'm going to take, I'll, I'll take the higher time. But, uh, no, I, th- I think the, the, the programming part of it is fun. I, th- I think it's, I haven't done it in a while, but I used to I'm like pad a paper just like this and just yeah. sketch out. That's my favorite. Like, you know, I have my computer and I have my system. I've been doing it now. We've had our garage gym for 2016, mm-hmm. so a long time now. Yeah. Um, and I like dropping into the gyms. It's a different environment because, you know, obviously our garage is small and mm-hmm. we just have a couple people. It's a good there. setup, though, it, for, it, oh, it's, for a garage. It's lovely I've for done a garage. A, I've done a couple workouts there, and it's fun. I look yeah, at, it is. It's a different, but it's not the same kind of community feeling no, that no, a no. gym does. So, you know, you drop into gyms to, to, to connect with people. Yep. Um, those of us that, that use the garage, there's just a few of us that do that. You know, that's So I've got my computer set up, and I've got my system that I like, and I've got tunes. I always like to have oh, yeah. headphones yep. on, and that. And so whatever, um, you know, whatever I'm into at that moment that I'm listening to, you know, you're kind of like, all right, yeah, we're doing this, and we're doing this. I love getting that mindset going, and, you know, really. Um, and then whatever philosophy I'm loving, um, I'll throw a quick pitch out for a book called Barbell Buddha. I was going to ask you about that. We'll talk about that. Yeah. After. Okay. Yeah. So that we'll, we can come back to, but that's a great, anyway, we'll come back to that. So, you know, that's usually me, computer tunes, the, the point of whatever it is I'm trying to do that. But I think it, what it boils down for me, and I'm a little bit spoiled in the sense that I have a small group of people that I program for. Um, I think it's really important to know as an individual, why you're doing whatever you're doing, right? So let's, doesn't matter if it's CrossFit. We're talking about CrossFit, but running, CrossFit, what is your reason for being there? For me, it started as a reason to be able to sort of be healthy and stay up, keep up with my wife who was mm-hmm. getting healthy and I didn't want to be unhealthy. And like 10 years from now, she can't do those things. And then, you know, with our kids, we have two kids. I want to make sure that like if my son says, hey, let's go run. Or if my daughter says, hey, I want to go, you know, she's, is she... And a friend work out in the garage twice a week. I have a oh, little, good. I have a little teen class that I oh, that I do. So the, yeah, so yeah, the two cool. of them, they're hilarious, by the way. A whole different set of stories. Um, <laughs> Uh, but for, you know, if she says, dad, I want to go lift weights with you. Like I want to be able to do those things for yeah. a long time. Yeah. Right. I, I, I love the fact that she pretends and she won't listen to this. So I'll say she pretends she hates it, but I think deep down, she really, she really enjoys You're it. You're slowly a bit. breaking her down. So when she's bit. like 19, 20, yeah, she'll yeah, be she, she won't, she won't admit that now. And yeah. y'all deny I ever said this, but yeah, I think, I think she's starting <laughs> to, she's starting to get the bug. Cause the two of them, it's two of them. They're the same, just about the same age. They've been friends their whole lives. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. Yeah. So they get competitive though. Like it starts to come out, you know, he's, he's a little stronger than her, but she's a little faster than him. So the, the competition comes <laughs> in, but that why, so why I show up to do what I do is to make sure that I'm healthy enough to keep up with my children and to live a nice long life into retirement with my wife. Mm-hmm. Right. Other people want to compete. That's a whole different thing that you have to train in order to compete, whether you're competing locally regionally, nationally, trying to get to the games, trying to get to the masters, whatever that is for you. But that why is super important. And I think 
when you're looking at a gym whose worth of people, however many that is, it's more than five, you know, I mean, it's a gym that you're, that you're running. I think you have to be aware of the folks that are coming to your gym and, and, and as much mm -hmm. as you can understand the why that they're there, because how I drive someone who wants to compete is very different than how I would drive someone who has never done this before or who just wants to be able to get on the bike with their kids and, and ride mm -hmm. to the beach, you know? And I think being aware of that is really important because my overriding philosophy will fit multiple reasons. You yeah. just have to figure out what, what that is. And, and I think that's important. And I think good gyms do that for people. You know, you, you understand why your people are there. Um, it doesn't mean you change what you're doing. Like what I program would be what I program, but how I approach it with individuals would, would change. And I think that's an important thing. Yeah. When, when we go down to uh, Florida, so uh, down in Naples, they have a gym that we normally go to just we originally went to it just because of proximity to where we were staying. It was about a mile, two miles away. It was closer. Then there was another gym there that my sister went to, which was probably another 10 to 12-minute drive. So for me and, and Gina, just getting up in the morning, going, we didn't really have a car. We'd be using like her parents' car, so we, we you know, we didn't want to, um, we didn't want to put them in a position where they couldn't drive anywhere. So we would get up early. We'd go to this place, work out, and it's great. We've met some great friends down there. It's kind of our home away from home when we go down. Mm -hmm. But their average age there is probably 40 or so, maybe give or take a little bit. So my people. Your people. <laughs> oh, you're, yes. But, but we're coming from a – when this is – I mean, when we started CrossFit Plattsburgh, our average age was, God, 24 maybe. Yeah, no, you guys are definitely – And we're probably aging – our core group is aged up to maybe our average age now is like probably 30. Right. Which every year just gets about a year older, but not because – so we're still a very, I guess, a younger gym, even though we have members all the way up into the 50s. But when we went down there, like very – I mean, there's a lot of 50s and 40s and 30s. Like I, me being my 20s is probably the youngest person there, very darn close to it. On the flip side, my sister's gym, which is – which I've also gone to, which is, you know, was 10, 15 minutes away, the average age dropped probably 10 Ten years. I mean, there was it was a much younger gym, more than I, more than I was accustomed to at our gym. But we just distance wise, we never really went. But that felt much more like our gym. It was a little right. more yeah, rugged, not as like not as clean and nice looking. And it, it, but the gym we go to, we, we we definitely like it. But there's a different crowd of people. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, but the thing was when they program for the, I'm taking average age of forty. I could be wrong on that, but they did a lot. They there was a lot of stuff that they would not program. That probably would have been programmed at the other gym, or you'd have seen at our gym, or something. Like they weren't, they didn't do a lot of muscle ups. They didn't do a lot of um, heavy squat cleans and have, things that were a little bit handstand, like higher skilled movements. They had a lot of, you know, squats and box jumps and, and kettlebell swings, and they did some pull ups and stuff. But it, it, you could definitely see there was a little bit of a bias towards that older crowd in the sense that it's true you don't need a forty plus year old squat snatching 150 pounds like it's just you're not gonna really need that kind of stimulus where you know and where i find that it's good obviously if you can do it all it's cool but like does a 40 50 60 year old need to be working on muscle ups if they have it that's that's phenomenal but the majority of them don't need to they just need you know do the running do some box jump step ups or kettlebell movements like i think there's a big gap there where i of course i've been looking at it now as i've gotten older like to me 
I just find it's cool that like I can like pick my son up without like struggling to pick him up, even though he weighs like twenty something pounds, but he's like twenty something pounds of baby weight, meaning he's just yeah, you never know what place. part you're picking him up by, but he, he uh but I mean just like little things like that where it's like I can pick him up if I need to pick him up in groceries and walk in and move stuff, it doesn't feel like I'm at a disadvantage where three years ago I was trying to max out my snatch. Now, to be honest, if I can, you know, hit 80 70 percent of my max lifetime i'm, I'm like ah, i'm just pretty good I had a good day today <laughs> yeah yeah i guess i i think you know uh, to be fair i'm a, again a little biased because i'm 42 most of my friends are in their 40s and up i count you as a friend but you know you're you're on the I younger, lowered the age you're, a little you're, bit yeah. younger the, you, yeah. you, you made the you know you sort of ruin the average for the rest <laughs> of us um but you know so i think that you have to definitely be a, a little bit more mindful of your body as you're older. Um, but if you look at masters athletes in general, I think one of the frustrating things about it is that sometimes you do get that scaled back programming when mm -hmm. it's not necessary. I, I agree on that. Yes. You know, like we, we do, I certainly program heavy barbells, you know, again, maybe we're not pressing, you know, what a professional athlete is going to do, mm -hmm. but there are certainly, um, you can work your way up to that again, depending on your own fitness level. If you've got injuries, it doesn't matter necessarily what age you are. You're gonna, you got to be mindful of those things. And yep. um, so, you know, I think it's that that push and pull of I don't ever want to, you know. I mean, again, Scott is a, a great athlete, um, you know, and and my wife uh, Willow, she's a she's a crazy competitor and keeps mm -hmm. up with. You know, any, she any beats me almost every time. Anybody, so, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, so I think it's, but again, it's it's why you're doing it. If if at 42 you still want to compete, you got to come to compete. Mm -hmm. And if at 42 you want to be able to chase your kids around, then you work out to that end. It really still comes down to why you're showing up every day. And yeah. you know, at the end of the day, uh, we do some crazy shit that, you know. Well, I, I kind of kind of find it. I've talked to a lot of people where. There's there's some members at our gym that will be complaining about something and and about maybe not hitting a lift or doing whatever and I'm like I said but you gotta you take a take a step back you've been doing this now say, say two years now three years now I said you're in way better shape now than you were a year or two years ago and there could be someone in their 40s and they're like like I'm like you're better in shape now than you were when you were 30 and they're like yeah I I really am and I'm like yep. so you gotta take a step back like I look. I've tracked every single one of my workouts that I've done since 2010, I wow. think. And this was pre-CrossFit, like everything. I just wrote it down. I'm just a big, you know, just write it in the journal, just kind of as yep. a, you know, to look back on. So there's times I'll look at something, I'll be like, man, this sucks. And then I'll like, there, every once in a while, I'll f maybe once a year, I'll flip through the, flip through what I've written down. And I'm like, man, back in 2012 or 13, I was struggling to deadlift 315. Then I look back and I'm like, Man, like I'm now can I was doing I could do that same workout at you know 100 pounds heavier than that if I had remained 100 let's say 75 pounds heavier than that and it's yeah. like but it's funny to kind of take a step back and 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 look at where you came from realizing that it's like what was that what's that phrase like a, a a slow rise to a distant horizon meaning like you have plenty of time I always look at if you were to take a, I don't know a chart a graph type thing you have your max physical capacity which yes over time slowly starts to diminish right. but at the same token your physical like I, a lot of us have not hit our peak now even though my peak at 29 is going to look different than it will at 40 my actual ceiling of i could get but if i 
worked at it. There's there's no reason why me at 40 couldn't be better at 29. I might never hit that peak, but the gap will shorten at that period where the gap right now might be still very wide where I'm like, oh, I have a lot of improving to do and I could improve to that 40 and I might be sitting there and like slowly declining, but I'm never actually going to hit that peak point. And then so you kind of, I, I wish I had like a chart I could actually like show my, <laughs> as I'm making wave signals in the air and Paul's like, yeah, I guess you're right. But, um, so I've always told people that like there, your, your ceiling is always, you never have hit your ceiling. And even though you think that 40, you might not be as good as you're at 29. I think you really could. Like I, I hope at 20, at 42, I can somehow get to the point where I'm looking at myself now at 29. Cause I've seen some freaks at 40, 50 that are like, yeah. I'm like, you're, you're, you're good. Like, I mean, they're outlifting me at 45 and I'm, you know, approaching 30. So I'm like, there's, there's a chance I can still get better. You know, if I, if I wanted to put the time into doing it. Yeah, that's it. I I think, I think that's the important, that's, you know, another important thing to think about in life in general is like, there's always the chance it's, it's important. Where are you now? What are you doing? What are you doing now? And, And I think that history that you have is really great. And I think so you have to be careful not to let that in anything that you do in life, where you thought you would be or where you think you should be or get in the way of where you are now. Like Mm -hmm. today, when I step into the gym, I should walk out of that gym. Whatever I could give today, I gave. Yeah. If it's a, if it's a day I just don't have it in me and the the best I could give was to kind of like show up and go through the motions, I should be okay with that on that day because that's what I had to give. Exactly. Tomorrow, if I show up and I can just like, it doesn't matter what you put in front of me, I'm crushing everything. Mm -hmm. Then that's, it doesn't diminish what I did the day before. And it doesn't, it doesn't tell me that tomorrow can't be a bad day as well. Like you have to be like, what did you give today? And if you're, if you leave and you say in anything, I'm talking about in anything, if you leave work and you say, well, you know, I could have done better or I could, you know, it's, it's like, you just sort of get caught up in what should be and what was, but you're never really okay with where you are. Yeah. And, and I think that's an important thing when you're talking about why you show up to the gym and programming and, you know, you program to the best. Mm -hmm. And as long as you walk in and like give what you can give that day, then I don't think you should walk away upset about that, you know? Yeah. And what that is at 40 is different than what that is at 29 and is different what that is at 60. But I'm telling you, I'll probably still be doing something similar when I'm 60 because it's just good stuff. Well, I think, (laughs) you know, I, I, I've, I've gone to the gym and say, it's whatever the workout is, say it's like a 15 minute workout and I get to like, and I'm just dogging it. Like I'm not doing well. Well, there's certain times where I just said, maybe I didn't sleep well. Maybe I didn't eat much that day. There's a lot of factors, but then I'm like, maybe in my head, I'm like, you know what? For the last round, I'm going to try not to let go of the barbell for whatever it is. And yeah. it could be, it's the mini victories. And, and really, yeah. I could do that. I could look at my time and it was awful. But then I'm like, you know what? I, I put my, at least for like a minute of the day of that workout, I really like applied myself to what I was doing and I accomplished it. So to me, yeah. I'm like, win. And, and I've always yeah. been like that for, and I might, and I, and I never get frustrated when I have a bad score. Like if anybody knows me, I will put my, if I'm dead last in the class, I will go up, put my score up. Dead, like I'll write it up dead last in the class could care less yeah but I always take like a, a little small victory from it so I've never very rarely have I ever gone up like finished a workout and been like I'm like demoralized like even I think it was Murph last year I think I was last by a handful I, I had no business doing it the way I did it <laughs> like I should have I should have just not worn a vest I wasn't I wasn't doing enough CrossFit leading up to it but part of me was just like 
just don't quit. That was my whole mindset. Like I was ready to quit about 50 push-ups in and I I won't go into Murph, but I ended up finishing it and nice. I finished it like a lot worse than I was anticipating, but I still finished it, wrote my time on the board and was like, you know what? At least I finished it. And to yeah. me it was, it was, I, it was more of a, a mental victory to me than anything. I mean, physically it was okay. It wasn't like <laughs> killing myself physically, but it was like, you know, just finish it. I think I, I might have walked a little bit on the second mile and I was like, you know what? I don't care. I'm just going to finish the workout, keep the vest on the whole time, take it off and I'll be done. And yeah. I, I accomplished that, which was a small victory in an otherwise shitty probably hour and a half of my, of my morning. <laughs> of your life, right? Yeah. So, um, well, what, now actually uh, two, two questions. What, what's your favorite, um, give me your top five if you have it, favorite programmers, programs, pro oh, programmers geez. that you follow. I'm sure there's a bunch, but like, what are your go-tos? Because I always have, anytime I pro, I've, I've programmed for the gym, um, it's a mixture of other people's and it's a mixture of ones I've just come up come up with. But like, yeah. what's your, say five, just to kind of get put a, time, put a limit on it. Oh my goodness, I, I don't even know that I can, I just look at so many all the time and I'm always clicking links and I like uh, Lynchpin very much if yep. you want a, a specific He's one gym. of my top five, yeah. I, I absolutely love what he does and I think um, there are, and he does, you know, he follows those kind of similar, if you look at his website, um, the Lynchpin website, you know, he's got all the, the different domains, but then he's got those, what are they, the monster mash workouts yep. that, that are just like ridiculous sets of workouts. And you're like, yeah. yes, see, there's regular programming and then there's whatever that when is. When he puts a disclaimer at the bottom, like yeah, you. Yeah, well, and it's do this, rest through two minutes, do this, rest two minutes, do this. And you're just like, yes, because there are times when life asks more of you and yeah. the, that's why I, so I like him in general. Yeah, uh, yes, I agree. He's in my top five. Yeah. Um, I mean, the other ones, really, I don't know that uh, there's sort of the the big the big name. I just follow a lot of little gyms. I always pay attention to what's going on locally. So yeah. I always, uh, Champlain Valley CrossFit, uh, CrossFit Plattsburgh. Um, I always pay attention to what you guys are doing. Uh, I think it's good to know what's happening in general. Uh, Champlain Valley is just a, another good one. I, I like theirs. Um, Jade does a good job. There. Yeah, and so I, I always pay attention there. Um, there was one in Florida that I used to pay attention to, but I haven't in a long time and I'm blanking, but they used to have really good team workouts. I used to go to them for inspiration on like, how do you get a bunch of people together doing mm -hmm. the same thing? But I'm going to totally blank on what that was. Um, those are probably a couple of the, the more well-known ones. And then there's just little gyms that I like to follow and I just follow, you know, type in, I more look for the intent and try and find and then rummage through Jim's programmings to see if anyone's done it before. Mm -hmm. um, and kind of, and kind of find inspiration that way. Uh, I, I really like the idea of the unknown and the unknowable. I like that about CrossFit. And so the idea, you know, you sort of throw everything in a hopper um, and kind of roll it around and see what happens. I, I think that's kind of fun to do as well. Um, so, you know, I definitely pay attention to those. I try not to pay attention to, to some of the larger big names. Like, I don't really follow Mayhem. Um, you know, I, not for any reason other than I think there's... Uh, I think it's very easy, and I n noticed myself I was doing it for, after a while, is you get sort of lockstep into that 
CrossFit become is supposed to be the unknown and the unknowable, mm -hmm. and you fall into a pattern of programming where you're doing the same things. It doesn't matter, uh, you know. You're always looking at those same like twenty one fifteen nine, and you're always you know. So you you lockstep into a program around a philosophy where you're supposed to basically be able to do anything that's thrown at you. Yeah. Um, so I try to to mix it up, and and pay attention to other just like small gyms that I find. Uh, there was one, uh, I think Atomic CrossFit. I don't know where that one is based out of, but I tend to like what they do. Mm -hmm. um, there's one in Green Bay. Okay. Um, and I really, really liked recently. Uh, so they, when I was looking at their programming, like you would look at their website and it was, there was like seven or eight different things that would happen in a day, weightlifting and skills and Metcons. And it was crazy. And I would love to look at it because there was just so much on one day. And I thought I never understood how you would walk into a gym and do that in an hour. Mm -hmm. And then recently, within the last few months, the coach who programs basically laid out and said, you know, I don't expect any of our athletes to come in and be able to do all of these things in a day. That's not the intent. The intent is for people to come in and find why they're here and do the things that align with their goals. And it was a really interesting thing oh, because gotcha. it wasn't yeah. necessarily that they thought you were going to come in and do these eight things in a day. You would come in and if you... It's kind of like all the car picked yeah, up two you, or three. Yeah, if you were looking you could... for you know X, Y, or Z, they were kind of catering to all of that. And mm -hmm. I really, really liked that idea. Um, isn't that a little bit like Invictus? Don't they do something similar? Similar, I think so. They put so. out like different tracks each day that you can follow. <clears throat> yes. Uh, my favorite, I, I uh, at least when I was doing it a lot, was I always looked at CrossFit.com first. Mm -hmm. That was number one. Um, the uh, Lynchpin was a big one. Um, I really like uh, Spieler's Gym. Park I City. like Spieler a lot. Yeah, he's like I said, I'm a very cross, a classic CrossFit guy. Like couplets triplets and i i look at a lot of the old i call ogs of the of the sport um which i i, I look at uh new england uh, yeah you know, Bergeron. So i still look yeah. at i still look at him because i think there's there's a good merit to what they're running i used to before they blocked it was uh reebok one mm -hmm. i did a lot of theirs because again they were very simple program kind of things um mayhem depending on the workout because there's sometimes that I just thought it was repetitive or there were certain things I just logistically we didn't have with salt runners and stuff, even though you could run, but there was, there was a lot of, I picked and choose, picked and choose those, but typically give me CrossFit.com, uh, Park City, Lynchpin, I, I'd probably say Mayhem, uh, New England, and then I liked uh, uh, CrossFit Free. I don't know that one. Which is New Hampshire. They had a, well, they had a Tasia Persevich and Chase Smith. Oh, okay. There are a couple of regional athletes. Um, well, Tasia was on the games uh, Mayhem team this year, but they uh, they had a good gym too, and I liked his philosophy. And he had a good and every like he was the same thing. He had a lot of tracks. I say tracks, but he had a lot of things each day for com the competitors. But you could pick and choose some of the like just the met cons that I would use or or uh, skill work after mm -hmm. they had or, or accessory pieces. So um, it's kind of cool when you. And then when it came to strength, if I ever did, it was usually a tried and true yeah. type cycle. Because again, I'm not, I'm not super smart with that stuff. I'm not going to reinvent the wheel. Like I, I yeah, literally there's, just there's tons of like really solid strength training yeah, programs out there. Follow like, it to the T. Like, let's 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 do this. If you want to get strong, we know you get strong doing this. I, you know what am I going to do? Like I don't, 
I don't need to reinvent or exactly. So I agree with that. I think, uh, but it's and again, it's the Metcons that are fun. It's the it's the symphony to me. Yeah, you know, it's like yeah, it's it's wonderful to uh, to see people it, like enjoy or not enjoy or you know say bad things about you when they're doing the workout. It, I mean, it, it just makes it fun. It's happened before. It, it has. Yeah. It has. Yeah. It always brings a little a, a little a little uh, little smile. But uh, so um, barbell Buddha. Yeah, we've talked about this before too. Um, I still have not read the. Well, the, you're talking about the book. Are you talking about the podcast? Are you talking about all? A little, little, little bit of both. I was okay. So, the author, um, crazy. He he died young. He was in his 30s. He had a heart mm-hmm. attack or something. Um, but yeah, I read the book. Uh, it took me a while to listen to the actual podcast because I don't know. There's just something about it. Like because he had already passed. Uh, I, it was just something it, it yeah, just creepy, s- yeah. strange about listening to the podcast and knowing like the very last podcast that he uh, recorded was all about his plans for the future. And then, you know, he's not alive anymore. It's just, yeah, it was yeah. like, Eerie. even it even now kind of gives me like a little bit of like goosebumps or whatever, but the book itself, I really enjoy, um, you know, it's, it, it mirrors if you could, if, if you found Zen in the art of CrossFit, this man is it. He wrote it. He's got little snippets of wisdom, um, you know, and so I... What was his role? Chris? Christopher Moore. Chris Moore, okay. So just worth checking out. Again, very much aligned with what I believe in in general terms um, about how you should approach life. And, you know, I also, if we're talking about, you know, so there's the philosophers that I really like, ancient and modern, um, but Christopher Moore... I really uh, enjoy a good uh, Henry Rollins quote every now and again. Um, I don't know if you know Henry Rollins at all. No. He's a you know, musician, um, spoken word performer, um, but he's got some great, he's got some great like little snippets of, he found, you know, he... Like recently, still live? Guys? Yeah, yeah. You, oh, can, yeah okay. you, you can like, you can look him up. He was uh, a musician for a long time and, you know, um, but like super intense dude, like super super intense dude and you know one of my favorite quotes is uh, friends come and go but 200 pounds is always 200 pounds like you, you know those kinds yeah. of things <laughs> yeah he, he's uh he's super intense but he does he very much you know that idea of fitness and um you know that a healthy body a strong body you know your mind thinks strong thoughts and those kinds of things so both of those two would be heavy influencers as far as uh yeah, I think I think the the barbell Buddha is on my uh, Amazon wish list. I haven't ordered it yet. It will go on my uh, it will go on my bookshelf here. But I think it's good. Like you said, I know you've you've told me multiple times about it. Yeah, totally it's come up multiple it. times in conversation. So it's one that I'm like, oh, if he's talked about this much, I should I should at it, least it, open it up and read it. It's good stuff. Yeah. Um, the other one I had, I haven't read it yet. The endurance book. Ah, oh, that's another good one. You told me about it, and I bought it. It's still on the shelf, yeah. but my. We'll see. It's going to be hopefully read within the next two years. The, so. the endurance one's a little little drier. Yeah, that's, than, that, that was kind of what scared me. But yeah, I also read a 600-page book by Tony Robbins, which was dry too. So I yeah. think I can get through it. So. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> just, just the amazing things that people can do and why we do them and uh, the science behind it. So it's just pretty interesting. It's I worth think. reading though, right? It is worth reading. Is there any it other books I should reading. add to that collection? Um, off the top not, of your head? Off the top of my head, those are the probably the two that I've read uh, most recently around kind of fitness. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, I have to I have to check it out. The uh, the one did I ever show you what a caster wrote in my book? No. <laughs> You'll enjoy this. So. <laughs> 
Let me see. I, I so, haven't read this and You can borrow it if you want. Do you have it or no? No, I don't. So, uh, so uh, Dave Cashel is the guy that programs for the CrossFit <laughs> Games, and uh, he's kind of he's an ex Navy SEAL uh, trainer, whatever. So basically, he wrote this book for guys like Paul and me who, who nerd out on programming and just his his idea as to why he programs the way he does and how he programs the games. And it's entitled "Constructing the CrossFit Games." So we went, we actually went to the games, which was a very good experience. I'm really glad I went to the actual games nice, yeah. in Madison. So it was really cool. But we got the book signed and. We waited in line, and what I thought was funny was I thought he was just going to, you know, there's a lot of people. I thought we were just going to go up. He would just be like, hey, thanks for coming, sign the book, and pass it on. Well, he was standing at a table. We showed up, and he goes, he opens the book, and he goes, uh, it was me and Chris. He goes, yeah, so where are you guys from? We told him, and, and then he ended up, we kind of just ended up, talk, he talked to us for probably two, three minutes, which is crazy nice. considering of all the people were there. But he was actually talking to people as you were there, and we were chit-chatting and about Madison and things like that. But he wrote in the book. Uh, GT, glad you made it out from Canada. Because I told him we were basically in Canada, so he got a good kick out of that with everybody else. But he's known as being kind of a prick, but I love him. I think the guy's super, super smart and intelligent and, and everything else, but I just thought it was kind of funny that he threw that in, in the yeah. book. And he was joking. He actually turned to his uh, his assistant that was with him and started laughing. He goes, look what I wrote in his book. And, and it was just kind of a... You know, he's just kind of a one of those guys. But there's a shirt that says Dave Castro's a prick, and I think he lived up to the meaning. But I think he's a he's a good dude. Um, yeah, well, I think you know part of it is you've got to have you got to have that guy, and he does that guy well. You he know does. what I mean? Like he's just he's sort of the if you need a villain, like he's the guy you blame, right? When well, with all of it. Well, well vi- villain and you either love him or you hate him. And I know people that hate him. I'm like, how do you like, I get it. I get why you don't like him, but then there's a brilliance to everything that he does. Yeah, that, And I that's, guess that's it. I, I, I never, you never kind of hold it. I've never held it. You don't hold it against him. Like that's just, you know, who well, I mean, you read, you can borrow that if you want, but if you read the book, it's like, there's a lot of, uh, he goes into like he's got a family. He's got like things you just wouldn't think this guy's got. And he does. And he's <laughs> like, and he's background. What, and, what you never know. You yeah. Never the know. only thing he doesn't talk about is, is, like seal life, which is just kind of a off limit kind of topic for a lot of those guys. So I think, yeah, I think for most, I, I don't know yeah. firsthand by but, any means, but, um, no, that, so that one's pretty good. Um, Jason Kalipa has got a book just came out that I bought. That's over oh, there. Nice. I haven't read it, but I would like to, it's kind of about, he's one that I, I really follow in the sense that he merged business and fitness into one, which is like two of my passions. And yeah. he kind of merged them into this lifestyle that, I think he's just excelled at. So if I had to pick like one guy, to me, he's probably the richest guy in CrossFit minus take away Glassman, obviously, and stuff. But take like him and Froning. I don't think there's anybody else that's really capitalized on their success more than those two. Right. Matt maybe at some point will because I think he's a very smart guy. But I think the fact that Kalipa's got 20 gyms worldwide says something. Yeah, no, it's, it's and, impressive. And, and Rich is just rich. So, yeah, I mean, so. he's he's got something going for him. Um but I will add a barbell Buddha to the bookshelf and, and, nice. and read it at some point. Um, so we'll get back. We'll get out of CrossFit if we have anybody still listening to us after 120 <laughs> except the diehard fans. Um, <laughs> but it's all good. Like I said, the, the, we uh, we came on this podcast talking about uh, the only theme to to this whole podcast is just people that, and topics I want to talk about or right learn on. about. So I really don't care if anybody just tuned us out after 20 <laughs> minutes in. That's that's it's all good. So um, you're still with us, but um, so what is um, AES, AES Northeast? Obviously, I see the places back and or you know just downtown and, and the one heading out towards Cliff Haven. Um, what do 
we talked about the you did the grant writing and stuff. Any any projects that people would be familiar with? Anything that's oh goodness, I don't know. It's an engineering firm, so engineering, architecture, survey, um, you know, full full service kind of firm. So all all kinds of projects. Most of what I work on tends to be um, in Essex County. So we're in Ticonderoga and Crown Point. Um, you said E-Town. Yep, yeah, E-Town. I was in E-Town today. Uh, we worked uh, with Essex County Planning Department. Um, so, you know, it's projects all over. We've done some small things in the city. We work with the town of Plattsburgh. Um, it's all over the place. It's it's kind of, it's funny. I mean, it's a small uh, storefront on City Hall Place. Yeah. But there are 43 or 44 people that work for the company. It's I mean, it's a pretty big local company. Um, and and are you, you guys are the ones that you at least did the plans. I don't know, like the, about the... Uh, that what was what the heck's the company that's co- that um the one downtown on jerky no we didn't uh we haven't been doing anything as I thought far you guys as did the i thought you guys did the sketching for that the drawings nope that nope, wasn't no, you guys nope. oh maybe i screwed that up but um did you have any any part to play because aren't you on are, are you on any committees for that no i my part to play with that was when i was with the city I, oh, okay. with the maybe. city of plattsburgh i wrote the grant that brought the 10 million dollars here gotcha okay so um and then moved across the street to aes and yeah so same street yeah same street different different address um, yeah so i you know so we we don't have anything uh we've played some small roles but um my role was when i was with the city of plattsburgh what uh i mean what, what's your thoughts on I mean, officially i guess it's called downtown revitalization yeah. um what, what's your thoughts so far on that or do you see like what's what's coming that you know that I know some. That's a that's a that's it, a tough one for me. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you don't have to, you don't have to get into given, it. It's, given it's the, little... given the situation and the you know reasons why I'm not there anymore and such, but as a a, so a resident of the city, yeah, um, you know, I think that they're, you know, I'm not necessarily the most excited about the direction that those things have gone. Um, so you know, when we were initially um, building those and and creating those plans, um, there was a you know, different time and different people yeah. in place. And so what, I'll, I guess I'll, I'll leave that one at that. No, that's there's fine. a lot, there's a that's lot fine. there. Yeah. We, uh, now has there been any talk again, if you, if you can get in this or not, but anything down here or no? Yeah. Um, I don't know what specific, um, but we've been, you know, when I, my last grant application, uh, that was successful here with this, when I was with the city was to take down the MLD buildings mm-hmm. that are here to be able to make the area Utilize the waterfront ready for some kind of something. Okay. Um, I don't know what is going to come happen, from yeah. there, um, but that was a you know to 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 marry back to the downtown revitalization. It was you know really a whole the whole plan. Like okay, if we get the waterfront to a place where we get people down there, how do you connect that to Center City? You know how why is everything that this that plattsburgh does kind of turn away from the water let's yeah let's turn it does, yeah. let's let's reorient ourselves back to the waterfront we have this great um asset that well, we, it, that it, we weren't using and so the idea was let's get connect to the river let's connect to the lake let's, let's i, I let's think do there's that. it's 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 kind of ironic that the, there's so much put on the lake like from from like a tourism from from just um i, I guess geographically of just saying like well where are we we're right on lake champlain but it's true there's not i don't think we there's so much i think that could be utilized there but we don't but we use it 
but we don't use it. Which yeah. it just it's you kind know, of an odd. And I know that there's a lot of controversy. You know, I, obviously I'm not not paying attention. Um, you know, around Durkee Street and the parking lot and reusing yeah, the parking lot. Um, you know, I guess you know for me uh, again, I have a, a slight bias. I brought the money here, helped bring the money here. Yeah, uh, that's going to renovate that. But really, at the end of the day, if it's done properly, you know, it would revitalize. It would reinvigorate an area right next to the river. I can't. In my in my best day, you know, the, is the highest and best use of that a parking lot? Now I understand we need parking downtown, mm-hmm. and I don't know. Again, I think there are ways to go about doing that that are uh, that that can solve all the problems, you know, without creating new ones. And I think it has to be thought through really well. But at the end of the day, I think utilizing that area, you know, next to such a wonderful natural resource and allowing, allowing the public access to that resource goes a long way to making the downtown, you know, we've uh, lived downtown before and with little kids, uh, you know, we would walk downtown, you you know, you might, you might grab a cup of coffee or have dinner. um, But then what, what were you doing with them after there was really no, there was no, there's no real park. There's no real, you know, what, what, so, so the idea that you want to bring, young professionals into an area you want to keep people from from leaving an area you know the idea of a livable walkable accessible affordable downtown becomes vital to that because yeah. you know what do you do after you have dinner when you have kids yeah no, there's nothing i mean we had a episode before um max radley i don't know if you do you know max I don't know. um well his his girlfriend goes to our gym and she uh he works over at a stafford's office he's a local attorney but he had come from a background of economic development and he did it in school and kind of had some internships and he's, I think he still wants to kind of get involved with that stuff. He likes it, but he was talking about, I forgot the term of it. Is alien properties or alienation? Zombie properties. Oh, zombie properties. There's zombie yeah. properties. And there's a couple other things that he was talking about where he had mentioned the corner of basically where Ridley's and Alecas is that parking lot. Yep. And then I had mentioned right across the road between coffee. I've had this conversation with, a friend of mine before too, where the coffee cat. Oh, there's that vacant. And there's that vacant lot. Yeah. And what I thought would be always kind of cool. Now, granted, obviously, I know money and stuff, and and um, I don't like. One of the things I have an issue with is when people like, you know, shit on the whoever, whether it be the city or whoever, and with it's like, well, why don't they do this, this, and this? I'm like, it's a lot easier to just say it than to go through all the red oh, tape and and sure. you know yeah. with, with having the resources. So I, I take I take this with a very big. Uh, you know, obviously, I understand there's there's money, there there's laws, there there's zoning, there's all this stuff that's involved with it. But it would be kind of cool at some point if they could take that spot, clean it up, make kind of like a what I envision in my head a ramp going down, and turn it into either like an ice cream place and or an outdoor eatery where you could utilize the basically the mayor's cup, the the the. Uh, I'm tr- the War of 1812, like all these like little things that Plattsburgh does that are usually pretty well attended. How could you utilize that little spot where during the summer months, maybe people, there's a place where you can go down. They have a, a place that they serve ice cream. They have tables. It's landscape. They have trees or I, I mean trees, but they have plants and stuff and they have like a nice stone walkway down staircase where people can actually utilize that space instead of walking by and it looks like just an abandoned lot Right. where you could kind of dress it up a little bit. Um, I don't know. Do you could you do it where you put a playground there? Could you do it where you know something where you could utilize it as more of a park scene? Because obviously you have Trinity Park, which is very 
limited and there's not much going on there but a monument besides a right. makeshift stage but how could you utilize that kind of stuff for families for residents um i don't know i don't know enough about that kind of stuff or what it entails or what funding needs to be done but yeah well you know i think it falls into the trap of you know one you know of course and, and i'm going to generalize here so you know if you're listening to this after the disclaimer that i'm about to say then i'm a, apologize ahead of time but <laughs> the disclaimer is that so you know I'm using some generalizations. I think that in, it's difficult uh, often for change to occur, regardless of what that is, a business or a city or whatever. And I think it's uh, difficult to, it's easy to plan. It's difficult to implement, right? Because uh-huh. if we plan, we can talk about whatever, like, hey, GT, we should go build yeah, something. Exactly. And as long as we're just talking about it, you can't make a mistake. Words flow quickly and easy. Yeah. Right. And you can't make a mistake. There's yep. no there's no risk. Yep. Right. You can exactly. plan, you set it on the shelf and look, we've planned. I think the the issue comes in when you start to implement mm-hmm. and it's it's terrifying to do that, to make a choice and to say, you know, given all the information, this is what we're gonna do. Um, so when you're talking about that for a city, and then you have to understand that, uh, you know, we're a small city, but we've got 19,000 plus people here, right? And you're making decisions and for 19,000. Dis- right. Yeah. And that, you know, everybody is going to agree or disagree to some extent. And everyone's going to agree or disagree on how to go about doing whatever it is you said you were going to do. And, and I think at the end of the day, it's really important to remember that we have to come together and do something to make our city better. And it might not be perfect, but uh, if input was gathered and you know you sort of take the best of the ideas and you move the city forward you're not going to make everybody happy but you know hopefully that you move the needle just a little bit and i think plattsburgh has always gotten really close to that we've Mm -hmm. always almost done whatever's next and there's a lot of rapid change getting pushed through right now and um i'm not saying that i agree with everything that's being decided at this point but at the end of the day i think you know we have to make the decisions that are the best that we believe they can be and hopefully move the needle a little bit so in 10 years we're not having the thing that drives me crazy is like 10 years go by and you're having the same conversation exactly and it's like oh my god we could have done something and if we get it wrong all right i guess we'll deal with it but what if we get it right and yeah and you know, and that's the part. What if we get it right? Yeah. I, like my, my, my thing is, I always tell people this, is you come in, I have a couple of whiteboards on my wall that basically are just what I want to accomplish. Well, I put it up there for a reason because it's staring me in the face and I right. can't just like forget about it. So what happens is as I slowly start implementing stuff, I can wipe it off and then it just, it's done. Like I've done it. It's, it's either in play or something I had to do or whatever. Um, I'm a big one on actually doing stuff i hate discussing issues like i'm not a big discusser like i'll discuss stuff but then i I get i get very i'm very uh i'm I'm patient i'm a patient person but i'm a a patient person for things that need to be patient on where Mm -hmm. it's just if we're just beating a dead horse and talking about the same stuff it's like okay let's just do something about it and i don't or forget about it because i don't want to keep like spinning our tires so so to me it's it's one of those deals at least now from you know city or economic development from like my personal business it's like okay i'm i just had a meeting with a couple of people today that um jordan and a couple people that work with me i'm like we're working on just implementing stuff it doesn't have to be perfect i just want to make sure it's good enough we put it out we do it we just move on or we keep doing it like i don't want to sit here and spin our tires and say we got to perfect something before we put it out um i don't know if that has anything to do with what you know ultimately will happen from a local standpoint but i think that 
I'm a big uh, pro Plattsburgh person, meaning I just hope that everything. I mean, this is some. It's a, it's a place I love. I just hope it always always gets better. I hope that I can do my part and to make it better. Now, I'm not saying I'm going to go run for public office and do that. I have no issue. I don't. I don't like politics and government and stuff like that. Right but on. yeah, yeah. But but I do like the idea that if I can somehow make the area better, whether it be that or whether it be real estate or whatever I can do, what play my part in that. Cause I, I do like, I would like to leave it better than I, I found it. I agree. You know, 100%. it's, it's kind of like bringing the shiny toy back into the, into the, uh, the sandbox. Like I want to leave, like giving you a better toy that's and taking, it. taking your bucket and spade with me. But, um, I don't know. I think that, I think that's cool. I think, I think, like I said, that's, that's a very loaded topic, but I think it's something that we could, we could no. do in the future that would be, Oh yeah. No, there's I mean, a, there's really a ton, cool. there's a ton to talk about there. And again, you know, it's, it's the philosophy behind when I worked for the city, it was difficult. I mean, people would ask me questions just like that. Like, what do you think of? Mm-hmm. And it's a, it was a fine balance because what I think Paul personally, yeah. as a resident of the city is different than what my charge was working as a public employee for the city. Yeah. So do you want my personal opinion? fine but it's very hard for people to divorce those two things yeah exactly so if i give you my personal opinion particularly in that role yeah you know if i give you my personal opinion you can't hold it against me next time i'm at a meeting and i'm saying the something different because i have to represent the yeah. people that hired me like the city hired me to do something and i tried very hard to remove my personal bias out of the equation yeah as we were moving it, those things it, forward it, it's it's very it's a very strange would kind be of like thing. me going to a house and I'm like well what do you think i'm like well I'll tell you what I, I think you should do based off of what I think your personality and what your, your risk tolerance is. Like I could say, heck yeah, I would do it. But then I know some people are a little different. So like, you know, there's that right. fine balance yeah. too, where it's like, yeah. do you want, you want my like professional opinion or do you want like me, Gail and buy, like if I was to buy the house? Right. Like, exactly. And those are two Cause I would do it because I, my mind thinks way different than some people. <laughs> and those are two different things. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So, and I, I like your point. I think, um, you know, that idea of sort of being engaged and leaving it better than, you know, then when you started is an important one. And I, you know, I like this place too. And yeah. so, you know, yeah. Well, I mean, obviously you, uh, so that's a great segue. Let's, let's, let's move farther down the state. What you, uh, you were born in Queens, born in Queens, lived in new Hyde park, which is out in Nassau County in long Island. And then okay. moved up to Plattsburgh and I went to Prue high school when I, with, when I was a teenager. So when did you go? So you moved up at what age? Young, thir- I think just 13. Like I was junior and senior high school in, in Peru. Okay. So, um, I mean, what's your, the bagels were obviously good still back then, right? Long Island. Oh yeah. No okay. bagels and pizza. Yeah. That hasn't changed. So, um, so you came up and you went to Plattsburgh. Um, did you, did you ever, this might be different cause we had this conversation before, but Scott Brightwell, who is, I, I don't I don't know how to describe him, but he does a lot of cool things. He does. He's traveled a lot of places. He does. He's traveled more places probably in a year than I've, I will travel in my life. Um, but with that being said, he – have you – when Scott started talking about it, I had to like bring him back. And I was like, well, okay, so what would you do in this time period? Oh, I went ding, 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 ding. I'm like, okay, so – did, did you do, when you went to obviously Peru to Plattsburgh, did you ever go away for college? Ever Have you ever lived outside the area since moving here? At no, I've lived here, you know, since. So you've been, you've been so, a North uh, yeah, Country I, I, okay. I, I essentially claim this as home. Like my early childhood, I, you know, I have fond memories of those things, but my, I grew up here. Yeah. You know, my formative years were here. My, you know, everything that I love is here. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's different. So I always have, like, I, so, I have those, my family, part of my family still lives down there. Uh, I did a, I took a really long time to lose the accent when I moved up. Oh, there. really? Okay. I had a very thick, uh, Long Island accent. Um, and 
you know, I, I may offend some folks, but it's like one of those act, like there are accents that you want to have that yeah. are that are very attractive. Yes. And then there are other accents, and I found that that one falls maybe under the other. other. <laughs> well, it was, it was funny. You, uh, well, friend, you know uh, Ariel, right? Uh-huh. She was from Long Island, and she she said the same thing. She moved up to Rutland, and she was like. Yeah, no, I got rid of the accent very quickly. Yeah, no, it's, it's crazy. And, you know, when my family comes up, they're, I love them to death. They're coming up for my birthday. My birthday's coming up this weekend, this coming weekend. Um, and uh, love them to death, but they're super loud. And, you know, you like you can hear them two blocks they're Italian. away. Yeah, and they're from yeah. Long Island. And so, you know, it's just loud. and the, it's, uh, it's, it's fun. Wait, so it, have you done the birthday workout? The, my birthday yeah. work? Yeah, we had to do that last week. Oh, okay, because okay. I think we, you were just like giving me a sneak peek of like... No, <laughs> no, that, that, that one was that was brutal. But actually, I just want to... I'll talk about that in just a second. But so, you know, the formative... I think having moved up here and living up here obviously changed the way I grew up. Uh, so going back down to visit family, like, I don't know how people... You know, I like where I, the rural nature of where I live and cities are wonderful to visit and there's a tons of things to do there. But at the end of the day, like I really like the woods and yeah. the mountains and the, you when know, like 20 minutes is 20 minutes. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, there's really, I don't really have stress in my life about any, you know, normal stress, like family and, you know, you're yeah. raising kids and whatever, but you know, I don't have like commute to work stress and like, yeah. y- you know, so it's, it's really, you know, my father, when I was young, you know, he would commute, he'd get up at 3.30 in the morning to commute an hour to not hit traffic. Because if you hit traffic, yeah. you're going to, right? I mean, yep. so that was something that I've never experienced because by the time I, you know, I, all of my formative years were here and then Plattsburgh State and, you know, so we've traveled, you know, we certainly make travel a priority for our family. Yeah. Like I want the kids to see that there's a big world out there and if they want to move somewhere, rock and roll. I mean, I would never stop them from doing that. So it's important that we, you know, we go on a trip every year. Uh, we make sure we see all kinds of things. Um, but I like, I like living here, and it's been, it's been great. But you know, so, but the birthday workout. So uh, I turned forty-two on the sixteenth, which is next Saturday. Okay. And uh, they're my favorite book, and it's a set of books. I consider it one book, but it's really a set of books. Uh, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by Douglas Adams. It's a science fiction series. They're, they're very little books that compiled into a big book, right? Um, and without, I'm going to give some spoilers here because I don't know if anybody's read it. I don't care. This is the reason. No, you go they, ahead. Yeah. They is, haven't read it by now. They're, they're, they're not, not reading it, right? Yeah. So as part of this story, um, some of the characters are searching for the answer to life, the universe, and everything, Okay. So part of the story, they, they, they find the answer. They create a computer that takes millions of years to compute. And at the end of it, they ask the great computer, you know, what is the answer? And the computer comes back with 42, right? And so there, it's this like letdown. They're like, you know, I don't quite understand, like, how, does the, how is that an answer? And the computer's like, no, no, I've checked it twice. Like, it's definitely the answer. The problem is that you're really not clear on what the question is, right? Like, well, there's, the, and they say, well, it's just everything, life, and the computer's like, yeah, well, that's your problem. If you figure out the question, the answer will make sense. So I took all of that, my favorite book in the whole world, and this idea of the answer to, that we have the answer, but we don't know what the question is, and I 
basically packed it into a workout and I said like, here's the deal. Uh, part of this other story is at the end of this whole four book series, um, there's a fifth book, but it's not very good. So I ended it four. four okay. Um, the characters find... It's like the Rocky movies. Yeah, exactly. Get, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Four. Okay. The characters at the end find God's final message to creation in big 40-foot letters burning up on the side of a mountain. And the message is, sorry for the inconvenience. So I called the workout, sorry for the inconvenience. I took the idea of 42 as being the answer. And I figured I would take my friends and we would try and figure out what the question was just slogging through 77 minutes of the stupidest couplets. I took the simplicity of couplets, I built 10 rounds of couplets that built on top of each other, and then at the end we did seven minutes worth of burpees because you're supposed to do burpees on your birthday. Uh, <laughs> that's a fact, that's actually, yeah. That's, right, that's a that, thing. That is, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so that was where my birthday workout ultimately came from is that I love this book, I'm turning the age that is the answer to the great question we don't know what the question is. I apologize that it was going to be inconvenient and I'm still sore two days later. Like my legs are just burnt up, like burnt up. I, 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 th I think, I think if I had to tell, if, if, uh, if I had to program a birthday workout for me off my favorite book, which is the great Gatsby, mm -hmm. you could have a real fun time with that, but it's, it would be, be a giant party. So I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know exactly what would fit in that, but that that'd be a fun one. Usually, and people end up doing the twelve days of Christmas on my birthday, so that that always right, right. That well, always just kind of the, works the, out. The timing is there for it, you. It's a little off, yeah, but <laughs> maybe one day I'll do I'll do a special one for my birthday. Yeah, but, well, you let me know because well, it's a great Gatsby, so you can you can run with it as you may. So <laughs> it's not a long book if you haven't read it. You can you can I read, have I have read it. Okay, if, if not, watch the movie. It's, you can get a, a decent uh, grip of that. But uh, what <laughs> what was your band? <laughs> What was my band? Yeah, did you actually have a band? Because I had. I, I did. So okay. I, I was just cleaning. I was just cleaning out the attic. I can't remember what if we called ourselves anything. And we played one time in the evening at, at my high school. Um, but I was cleaning out my attic in the house we have now, and I found a VHS tape that is my band that we rehearsed. Um, and I don't have a VHS player, so did um, you have long hair? Oh yes, you did. Oh my goodness, yes. I. Oh, well, we're gonna have to see some of those old. Yeah, old clips. I, I wish. I wish I had one. I'll ask Willow. Would, yeah. sure. I've got. I probably have one on my phone. <laughs> uh, and so I had. Uh, I had long hair. I dyed it jet black, uh, and then when it grew out, I dyed it blonde, and part of it bleached orange. Like I was. Oh yeah, no, I was like rock and roll. This was know? high school. Yeah, high school. And the then, formative years. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I, you know, and so we played all kinds of. We played all kinds of crazy tunes, and I really, I enjoyed. Like I said, my. Um, when I was when I first moved up here, you know, I tried to I overcompensated for moving up here. So I was like, I, I just didn't want to be here, right? I mean, I was a I was a kid, and my family moved me up to like, you know, when they looked at the map and they said we're going to move upstate, and I was like, yeah, okay, great. So Long Island, I looked at Westchester, right? Okay, and then they said no, it's more north than that. So I saw Albany, and I was like, I couldn't find Plattsburgh anywhere, and they were like, no, no, there. And I was like, oh, God, right? So I move up here. And so when I showed up, I really wanted to be from Long Island. Anyway. Uh, and so I used to listen to music that I thought was like super duper um, when, I was, when I was younger. And uh, then I discovered heavy metal, like real, like. And that was it? And that was it for me. Like I've been to, been to you know, it's funny. Like it, talk about being fit and not fit. Back in the day when I was in high school, I was like, I was super thin and 
you know, I'd go to these shows and just the mosh pits and like, I'd love, but I couldn't hold my own in them. Right. And now at like 42, I'll still go to those shows and I can finally like hold my own and stand on the edge of the crowd and give somebody a push Yeah, and they will move. (laughs) (laughs) But I've seen some, you know, I got to see all kinds of fun. We we would go to a lot of shows back in, back in the day. Uh, And it was great because Montreal was close. Yeah. Burlington and Albany. And we would just hit like the club, club toast. I don't know if you know what club toast was but no. it was a little club in burlington that closed down but they used to have i, I saw some crazy fun shows there um but so, i saw nine inch nails and marilyn manson and the we're G- at, at in montreal club, oh. and albany before like i didn't know who marilyn manson was like it was before his first album came out and he shows up on stage like just whacked out and it was in the 90s so in between was it was the opening he was the opening act for okay. nine inch nails oh gotcha okay. and in between they had the jim rose circus which was a traveling carnival of okay. like people who would eat glass and mr lifto would hang hooks off of himself and leather jackets off his tongue and like they it was just it was like such a like nice. a, a mid-90s thing yeah 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 um but yeah, I, all all the shows I got to see White Zombie and the Beastie Boys and the Ramones and it was oh so you were like you were I, deep we, in that we went to I went to all the shows oh yeah oh that's crazy yeah what was your favorite what was my my favorite show yeah. of all was time? it Metallica or was it uh, well I have a, like a soft spot there because that was really like my first like real concert I went to as a kid was Metallica was Metallica oh wow okay um, and that was fun but um, I don't know like. I don't know what my, 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 I thought the Beastie Boys, they were just whacked and like, that was fun because that was a mosh pit that you didn't expect, you know, like you go to some shows and you expected and the Beastie Boys was just crazy. What, what age were you then? Beastie Boys. They were, uh, when did they en- stop? They, they, end, of, end of high school? End of high school. I was going to say, like, they, so were, was like they were senior. 90s, but they, they kind of stopped, right, for a while? Uh, yeah, no, they've been, they've put, they put out album until he, the one was Adam passed away. Um, yeah, they had a couple of albums, but like this was this was during their heyday for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, no music's good. I I, I enjoy uh, going to live concerts. I'm I'm not as uh, I'm not into the heavy stuff as you are. I'm, I'm more like the um, acoustic jam band kind of stuff. Nice, but, I I do appreciate that as yeah. well. Um, so th- th- those are those are forever my from like I think just from like you said the high school age. I just have not grown out because it was it was funny when my when I grew up. I listened to 60s and 70s. All right. As soon as the 80s came, forget it. Didn't know anything in the 80s and didn't know anything really until probably like the mid-90s. That happened to be the gap between when my mom was in school to when (laughs) I started going into school and getting into my own music. So what happened, which was funny because I was like, what? So I know a lot of 70s music. Don't know the 80s until recently because now I've, you know, some of my friends are now in the age where they listen to the 80s and then... Um, the 90, or early 90s, late 90s, I, I got a pretty good grasp on. But what's funny was now I'm starting to find myself like I still listen to the same music that I listened yeah. to in high school. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, so this is what happened. So like I don't know any pop music right now or any music <laughs> that happens. Like I was, I was trying to – I'm trying to relate to some of the, the younger people that work here. And I'm like, what? Like, what, who's like a big singer now? And they're like, uh, what, what's her name? Ariana Grande. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm like – like Britney Spears, like, I, like throwing these names out that are like, and I, I forgot I asked one of them. I said, "Do you know?" Uh, and it was someone that like you would have been like, "Oh yeah," and I'm like, "Do you know so and so?" Like, nah, I don't think I've heard of them. Like, okay, so scratch yeah. that. So, but I'm finding that I'm going full circle now. To my poor kid growing up is going to listen to the '90s, 2000s that I've 
yeah. come to love, you know. And yeah, you, I see, and that's it. You get, you get them, and they're young, and they listen to what you listen to. So you you could equally find us listening in in my house to folk music as you mm-hmm. can to the most extreme heavy metal that you can find. It doesn't matter any given day, right? It tends to be. I tend to be on the heavier side for my family, it, like. Like, did did uh, Willow go to these concerts with you? No, no, no. So this was pretty no. okay. Yeah, she went to she went to um, let's see in college she went to see a band called Typo Negative. They okay. were they were a little bit heavier, um, but I tended to go to the heavy concerts. We've been to see Dylan together. Uh, we saw Natalie Merchant and Ani DeFranco and some like those kinds of folks. Yeah, she never when we first got together she tried to like heavy metal. She really did, and I give her credit for that. But it's not something that you yeah. like. like it, I don't know. It's an, it's certainly an acquired taste. It, it's it's funny because I think the heaviest metal I would get into is like Led Zeppelin or ACDC, which I know is probably not in that realm. Yeah, we're we're but, talking way. Yeah, so like that's like as heavy as I can get. So like, give me. I don't even. I mean, back in their day, they're probably considered heavy metal, but it's not. Oh yeah, for sure. And, and like, like, there's some great stuff. I mean, again, I can geek out on music as much as I can on anything, and so. Uh, you know, you, you find your way through. And when I was, when I, back in the day before the internet kids, uh, that that existed. uh, Yeah. (laughs) I I would, I would go to the record store and it was a place that sold music. (laughs) Um, so you would just take a shot. You had 20 bucks in your pocket and like, it was either, you know, cassette tapes and then CDs and LPs and stuff. Yeah. And, but you would go and you would like have to take a shot at like, Oh, this album cover looks really good. And you bring it home and you, you know, it mm-hmm. might be good and it might be the worst thing you've ever heard. And so, you know, my formative years were thumbing through bins and like finding, like after a while, I would just find the craziest thing that I could find and try and, you know, bring that. My mother used to say that it sounded like the devil was coming out of my bedroom um, because I would just find like, like, you know, that like really, I don't know if you've ever listened to it, but that real guttural, like where you really have to try hard to understand what the person is saying in the, like, I'll have to send you a couple yeah. links to give you an idea. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I'll, I'll, dive, I'll dive right into those. <laughs> those will go on the shelf. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I might get it after the books. So I'll read the books first. Uh, At the uh, no, it was, uh, it was it was kind of the like what what would fifteen year old Paul have done when if he would have had like a ten dollars subscription to Apple Music where you could just download whatever you wanted? Like imagine that like back then oh, it'd be like twenty bucks like. I'm just going to download them all and then just kind of sift through the ones I like but back then. I, I like, Yeah, no. That we, was me with like CDs. Obviously, yeah, it was a little different. But you, Yeah, you'd, the same thing. You'd listen to the CD. You'd put the CD and you'd listen to it from start to finish. It'd be yeah. the, the one thing that you listen to. Yeah, you unless, could skip through the song. Unless you, uh, unless you, um, you know, created a mixed CD. Mixed tape, yeah. You, you burned it. And Which we, we did, but I, I have a lot of old CDs that like yeah. I, I was kind of joking. Oh, God, yeah, I have... 500 CDs sitting on a shelf. 500 CDs. The amount of houses I go into and they have the shelves of CDs and DVD players. And the thing is, like, I'll go and I'll just sit there and, like, look through them. Because I still, like, I know it's dumb, but, like, I just, the other day, I was just downloading music on, because I have Apple Music, of people that I had on my iPod back in high school. Like, and I'm sitting there, like, I'll go look at the the CDs and I'll flip through them. Like, oh, my God, they got them, like idiot like you can go on your phone right now and get that cd or get that exact one on your phone it's diff- it's but different. it's different yeah i'm just like looking at it, I'm like oh my god there's the cover art like i i yep it, it's weird but i still for some reason have a fast i've always loved music i can't play anything i can't sing but i love listening to music um so i think i think it's part of the same but uh what did you play in your band uh we were a little we, we weren't quite that crazy like we we were pretty but like what instrument oh me i'm a guitar player by by trade can you still play I do a little bit. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, my uh, my daughter now has taken it up, which is kind of oh, fun. Oh cool. Yeah. I uh, I did a little bit. 
wasn't ever really good at it, but I for about a year I really put time into probably playing almost every day or every other day. Nice. So I, I I I became decently proficient at it like from a self-taught perspective. I wasn't formally taught at all. Um, and I just recently got Gina a keyboard because nice. she played as a kid and yep. she's slowly getting back into it, which That's is awesome. which is cool to see. And I'm hoping my little guy, his favorite thing to do in life right now is to hit a drum. So we'll let, we'll let that just kind of, we'll see where that goes. But he, awesome. he's, uh, it, it, we were at my parents last night and I look over and he pulls out this little like toy keyboard that plays music Yeah, and he's sitting there on the carpet hitting hitting the keys to make music and he's like looking at us and he's hitting it so like <laughs> i'm like maybe there's a fascination in there somewhere where he will get the musical gene from that's it probably more gina than me because yeah yeah i was, hey, I was you limited. just you, you connect to it and it's it's wonderful we well, also takes his drumstick so who knows he has his drumstick and he'll take it in two hands and go <laughs> and he'll bring so, it down so he's basically making like a like a lifting motion which and his other thing he's a hold on to the side of the table and then we'll say like up and down and he'll Stand up and no squat. You nice. know, stand up. Well, hey. so I'm like, you spent a lot of you spent a lot of time at the way more than dad has at the gym lately. So Connecting all the things. Yeah, so he's doing good. Um, well, I think anything else you want to talk about today? That was good. I don't know. We we rocked today, man. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> I, I I just kind of like looked down. And I'm like, oh, we're we're kind of like at the time limit, but um, I mean, is there anything else you want to discuss? Go into any any no. current events? Anything yeah, that any I, haven't, I haven't seen you in a while. That anything that's uh, I don't know. I'm, tr- I'm trying to think. Every once in a while, I just text you. And I'm like, Paul, we got to get together. So but. yeah, no, it's true, and and we do, and we have to do this more often. I mean, not this podcast. Podcasting. I mean, get together more often. Yeah, no, we don't good. have to record every conversation that we have. No. So <laughs> I, well, 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 if you want to know, it use, it's basically from minute like one to about minute hour one, maybe. So the part that people probably turned off. The CrossFit stuff. Oh, the That's CrossFit first hour. The is the CrossFit I should stuff. say the programming stuff is what we kind of nerd out at, but it's yeah. good when we get Gina and Willow. They can appreciate and not. Not like roll their eyes at us right, yeah. as to where we're nerding out. Yeah, well, they out. might, but they still like us, so it doesn't yeah. matter. Because then they're kind of they're still kind of curious. There's yeah. still a little element of, of surprise there. So, um, well, I think that's it. I guess we'll stop there. Nice. Anything else you want to no. add? Thank you. This is this is Good. this was fun. It was fun. And and uh, Paul's not going too far because he's coming back. I forgot what in a couple weeks. Yeah. For the the Paul and Scott. Hopefully, at that point, I'm gonna hopefully have a third setup so we're not sitting here trying to use the same mics maybe some of the uh the scott brightwell uh it was crazy because i said i started talking to him about it after the fact he was here for another 45 minutes like you need this this he was sending me links (laughs) which is great like i I have them all saved and it's something i'm gonna eventually get it's just i gotta budget a little bit for it because i'm like i just i don't want to go crazy and then all of a sudden gina's yelling at me that i have all this stuff that she said why did you buy this and that right scott told me to buy it right it's scott's fault blame scott yeah so um all right so we will in there um thank you paul for uh coming on the uh the show yeah thanks this was fun lucky number 13 lucky number 13 so is this your first podcast that's been that will be released no no i uh did one um we did uh oh no um mental health survival guide north volume okay um i talked to my friend nick uh, okay and we talked a little bit about philosophy of life oh perfect uh, more so than I'll, uh, I'll have to listen to that i'll, yeah. I'll get i'll get the, the the link to that later but uh perfect so this is paul's second so he's a seasoned veteran oh, yeah, so he's good time. he's good so um thanks for coming on that is episode 13 of the galen trombley show and we're out thanks for listening to the galen trombley show if you want to reach me, you can go on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. The spelling, G-A-E-L-A-N 
T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y.